Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am sitting in the comfort of my gaming chair. It is Tuesday, August 10th, 2021, and it is a wonderful day because not only has United and Stormwind been out for a full week, but if you've been following the show for any period of time, you know what that means which means that it is time to bring back your friend and mine and uh, podcast empire takeover extraordinaire ridiculous hat to um, talk about all of the decks in the meta and go through every deck that is even remotely playable. So hat, welcome back to the stream as always. It is always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Uh, All the decks I think is unlikely to be accurate because my goodness, there's a lot going on, and I think my favorite deck in this format is not actually a deck. So, like, we're going to talk about a bunch of things that are happening, and there's probably more that's happening. And if you're sitting at home saying, wait, but what about this other thing that I saw that day? Welcome to Stormwind. Yep. And we're probably going to—there's a very good chance we're going to talk about it. And and so if you are not aware—I I don't actually say this on the show, and I should. Um, so— in preparation, it grew out of preparation for this show. Um, Pat and Posca and I re- uh, maintain a spreadsheet that where we collect because we're all like obsessive deck list hoarders, and we collect every potentially viable deck that we see posted on Twitter. I wouldn't even go that far. We collect every tweeted deck. Viability is not evaluated at that time. We will sometimes mark down in the notes if the tweet says this deck is bait. We will put in the notes this is bait, which we have one of those in the show notes. We do. But, you know, sometimes you just need to reach really deep to find more than one for a class. But, um, but yeah, so, so that's actually – I actually added that to the Off-Curve site, which is at offcurve.com slash new-meta-decklists. So um, you can go and see that. That's closed now. Um, but that's what we're using to collect like one. We're, we're like Noah on the arc, right? We're getting like two of every deck list and maybe not, maybe not two. We're only showing one, but we've probably got two of every deck list. Or in some cases, many, many more see the entire mage section. Yes. And, and none of uh, well, and I will say most of this is not solitaire. I know that was kind of the, the, the beginning of the meta, you know, complaints, I think we've gotten past that. We actually heard from Alec today, about an hour ago before recording this episode, that we will not be getting balance changes this week because the meta is still evolving. And you can see that um, in real time, even Um, like even just looking at the bands over the weekend in qualifiers, you could see a very distinct shift in in what people were scared of over the course of the weekend. So I I guess before we get into the the actual um, the deck. So what's your experience been like had over the first week? So I'm going to answer with a larger boilerplate disclaimer that I've been marinating on because the thing about this meta, and I know we say this often, Steve, you and I frequently talk about feelings, but boy, do people have feelings right now. They have so many. But I think that Team 5 has gotten pretty good at curating roughly the experience they want, and we've started to see patterns during what I will call AD era alec dawson in hearthstone ad in four set metas you end up with a power imbalance frequently not necessarily by design but just by how they how they end up making the sets and rotation is hard right like it's it's hard it's hard to gauge you know you can test for rotation but you're not necessarily going to catch everything 
you usually end up in four set metas with two or three strategies that feel really complete and the rest is trying to figure out what to play and you play your venomous scorpids and your frozen shadow weavers and your uh and your life drinkers yeah and you look at these scuffed neutrals that you wouldn't have thought would have seen play and stop seeing play as soon as another set comes out because you have the strategies that aren't complete the things that aren't your enraged warrior or your demon hunter or your lackey rogue or your or your librum secret paladins or whatever you have to go out of your way to try and make that work the games go longer there's more back and forth there's more value trading there's often more board battles that's just kind of how it is in four set metas in five set metas Everything has about the same amount of stuff, usually, and definitely after the first nerf, but it's not overwhelmingly dense for any particular archetype or overwhelmingly redundant. So they are periods of wild, unstable experimentation where it feels like there's a new thing happening every six hours. Think about Skolomance. It was Druid day one, Pure Paladin day two, Mozaki Mage day three. Not Mozaki Mage by day three and a half. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there's all sorts of stuff that just kind of popped up and went away and popped up and went away. It happened for Skolo. It happened for most of Saviors when uh, after Luna's Pocket Galaxy and even during the Pocket Galaxy era and not Doom in the Tombs. This is what happens in middle sets. In six sets, you get to a critical mass of redundancy where once again there's a strategy that seems to be a little bit further ahead and the format appears to be more about dealing with that deck that's 1% better. And everything kind of builds backwards from that deck or that class, whether it's Darkman Fair Demon Hunter or uh, what in in uh, DOD it was Shaman until they nerfed it, and then it was I think really Gala Rogue was kind of the driving force. It was force a series there. of Galakron decks. There was Galakron Warrior in there yeah. for a little while too, and yeah, yes. Um, so looking at these kind of structured different metas, this is a personal preference. Which one of those do you like more will dictate how you feel about this? Because this is a very five-setty interaction right now. This is my personal preference. I love five-set metas. I love the day-to-day experimentation. I love the new archetype. I love there's always a new exciting deck list to try. If you don't love that and you don't love the sudden power spike, that is not a judgment on you. But it doesn't mean the current meta is also flawed or that they made a mistake when designing it. This is It feels like a very intentional design. The amount of variety there is right now is crazy. It's hard to keep up with, which is why we do this show. But this is my personal favorite time in Hearthstone, and I have been having a blast. I've been playing too much. Uh, like It has seriously impacted my sleep schedule, and I know that happens every five-set meta. And Alec, you've done it again. Yeah, and, and, like, I'm playing on my phone for the first time, and I can't remember how long, just because the games are fast enough that I can do that, right? Like, I don't have to yes. worry about, you know, having every game, you know, I, I, you know, we know when I'm, pl- I mean, I'm, I'm working from home. You can guess when I'm playing on my phone, and, you know, that doesn't, I don't always want that to take 20 minutes, right? So, you know, the fact that I can get, I can squeeze a game in on my phone, like, I can do that, and that's really good, and I think that, what happened with this in particular is whenever we have quests, that kind of dictates how the first day or two of the set are going to go because that's the obvious build around and each class got an obvious build around, right? So every class, yeah. so like quest mage, quest demon hunter, we saw quest druid. I think that's pretty much, I mean, we'll talk about it, but that's pretty much gone at this point. Quest warlock's another one, right? Like everybody's going to try the quest decks. Quest warlock is work. three decks, I think. Yeah, like it's, it is. The difference between quests this time and quests every other time, is that these are playable. Like, most of them, if not all of them, and they are also, they've always been meant at being, like, distinctly different ways to play the class. 
than how you would normally build it. I think Mage is the only big miss this time around of being it was already what the class was doing, but Mage yeah. has had well, identity too, right? issues for a while. Kind of, but... Priest quest priest is, 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 is Dark Bishop Benedictus, really, but... Right. It's <laughs> priest got variety this expansion, but not from the quest, but from the thing that wasn't the quest. Um, but historically... The, like you said, the quests have been a thing you do the first week, and then you stop doing that unless it's Angoro Quest Rogue, and then you don't stop doing that despite it being nerfed a bunch of times. Um, you just keep doing that forever. So this time, we may stop doing it, but so far, a bunch of these decks have held on and evolved, and they've been distinct and different. And also, most classes have a different thing to do that is not the quest at the same time. So you can play most classes two different ways. Not all. But the vast majority. There are two classes that really are kind of on rails right now, and the others all have a lot of variety. Yeah, and, and I think that a lot of the complaint, right, is that is really two of those decks, which are Demon Hunter and Major. We'll get to, we'll obviously get to all of them, but those decks, first of all, are very similar to what we've already seen. So it's kind of boring, right? I mean, Mage is not exactly, but I mean, you know, draw a million cards and burn your face off has been the Mage's MO for four months, right? And, and Demon Hunter, we've all seen Ilganoth and we're tired of it. Well, I'm, I, other than Draco Cat, I suppose. Um, uh, I think that he would be happier if we were playing Fell Demon Hunter. I can't speak for him, but I feel like he would be happier. He probably would. That's true. But um, but so we're you know a we're all kind of we've seen that that movie before. We know how it ends, and also like those are uninteractive decks that are make you feel disproportionately worse when you're playing against them. And I think that that when that was all of day one, that's where all the solitaire comments would come from. And Warlock probably contributed to that too. Right. To some extent. Um, And I think that as that population, at least on ladder, I mean, tournaments is a different discussion, but at least on ladder, there's that as that population is kind of receding. I think you are seeing a lot more of the the potential of this meta. And it does feel a lot more exciting than um, than what we're used to. It's like usually we're having these. I mean, last time we had we had to delay this by like a week because we were already like the meta was so broken that we just had to we had to push this out and wait for the actual meta to start. And. You know, that doesn't feel like this. Like, it feels like there could be another another archetype that shows up while we're recording. And, and you know, this will already be out of date. I, I, I would be... Nothing would make me happier, right? Like, that that's the kind of meta that I want to be playing in. And so I'm, I was... I, you know, I saw the announcement from Alec today, and I was glad, because I think that giving this... Giving this a chance to, um, to marinate a little bit is probably good. That's what they've kind of talked about in the early days when we waited for what, like six months for a nerf that they wanted to let the meta solve itself. I think in this case, it's legit and, and giving it another week to figure out what really needs attention before, you know, all the creativity's kind of, you know, worked itself out. I think is really, really positive. Yeah. It would have been a rushed patch for sure. And I, I believe, so Ixar tweeted in an April AMA, right before Lunacy got nerfed, about the reality of software development and how they have patch windows they kind of have to commit DevOps resources to that they know before the set comes out. They have to figure all that stuff out and line it up ahead of time. So Deck of Lunacy was not something that we needed to have for two full weekends. Um, We didn't really need it for more than one full weekend. It could have been a tavern brawl, but whatever. Uh, But... It was there because that was when the patch time was committed, and Ixar said, we will commit to, if we have a Tuesday release, we're going to aim for the end of the following week. We're going to aim for the next Thursday, Friday, basically. So that's what they aimed for. That's what this meeting was for. But there's nothing that was a major outlier. 
and they didn't have all the data because what was good yesterday is not what's good today. It's already changing and moving and, and evolving in such a rapid fashion that they made the smart call to hold off, but they had the window and they had the resources committed, and they're going to at least prep the patch and then we'll see. Maybe the one next week will be server-side. I don't know. Or if this will require a download. Depends what else they fix because uh, there are also some pretty significant issues going on with the client right now. And also uh, with Prismatic Jewel Kit, if you think about a Divine Shield minion, your entire hand gets buffed. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I guess – and we'll, we'll close on this and then we'll actually get into the DAX, which is what people are here for. But, like, I was doing – I did some data analysis on the stream last night. And I realized when I was looking at the data, I actually had to throw out Friday, which is something I've never had to do. Because if you look at the whole data, I had to, and Paradox puts out his, his analysis, I actually had to message him and say, hey, you need to look at this about the bands because what you're saying is not what, – what you're saying is looking at the full data set. And when you look at the trends, it's not what you think it is. Because if you looked at the full week, like Paladin looked like the, the, the monster of the meta because it was really banned out really hard. But that's because – that's what people knew they had to be afraid of on Friday. And then yeah. if you looked at Saturday and Sunday, that and Face Hunter dropped off like a rock and Quest Hunter, Quest Mage and Quest Demon Hunter um, jumped up. So, But the, the number of bands that were on Friday for Paladin was so large that it was still at the top of the list when you were looking at the full weekend. So you actually had to look at – this is the first time I've had to look at the qualifier data day by day, not week by week, to, in order to really get a sense of like where the meta was going. And it's – I've never seen that before, and I've been doing this for, what, two years? I've never seen a meta that was changing that fast. Yep. And, Steve, I have one question before we get to the decks. Are you having fun? You ask me. Are you having a good time? You usually tend to play more towards the control stuff and more towards the priest stuff, and right now we're not really doing either of those. Well, you're doing some priest, but it's it's very different from what you're used to. It's it's very different. It's um. I mean, I did hit 5,000 priest wins last night. Hey, congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, and, and smorking my way up there, by the way. So I, I have played my share of Elven Archers on purpose, <laughs> which is not one of the decks, but the, one of the first versions of Shadow Priest was running Elven Archers on purpose, and I did that, and it worked. And, I mean, I don't know that Shadow Priest is what I want to run for, like, the rest of the month, but I played it a bunch on stream last night, and I had a good time. And, and I could see how this aggro thing could be fun in, in small doses. Um, but I mean, even there are still some control E decks, but I've been having fun with, uh, quest warlock. I've been enjoying that. I mean, I took quest warlock zoo to legend. I've been playing the, the discard version of it over the last day or so. And that's been a lot of fun too. I think quest shaman is a lot of fun. Has a lot of, has a lot of potential. I think that once you get past the, um, you know, the, the kind of boogeyman of the, of the meta, there's a lot of fun to be, to be seen there. And I, I might want to try quest demon hunter before it goes away because i would imagine whenever they do balance changes i would imagine that's one of the ones that's going to get hit pretty hard just because i've never really committed to that and i feel like if i'm going to play it now is kind of the time that's like you know like whatever you you have a deck that you think is about to go away like uh, like pre-nerf um patron warrior you know you kind of want to have that chance to try it and see if you would if you would like it before it's you know taken away and banished to the nether realm or wherever it goes I have a different suggestion for you, Steve. I have a different suggestion. Instead of doing that, you could not play OTK Demon Hunter. I could. It's, it's you think really hard and do a lot of math and feel like you're about to die and then feel gross at the end of the game. I, it's, it's, you just described how I feel when I'm not playing Hearthstone, so it's fine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, but I, 
so there I enjoy a combo deck here and there. I enjoy Demon Hunter tremendously. OTK Demon Hunter, it's it's anxiety provoking and then feels wrong at the end. Like yeah. just just nah. Just I mean, nah. I was playing Cloning Gallery Priest in Wild last month though. So it's but that's like that's the kind of that's the kind of of evil you want to be. Nobody <laughs> wants the OTK Demon Hunter kind of evil. It doesn't even feel all that clever when you do it. It feels like you're you're winning with a blunt instrument, even though you have to do so much math to get there. It's it's headache inducing, and then at the end, your opponent is upset. It, it does so, kind of feel like you're the adult at the carnival game, and you beat all the kids in the in the the game where you're shooting the water the water gun at the target. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> it just it doesn't feel like I'm hoping there will be good quest DH stuff to do, and my favorite deck. That we I don't think even have on the list that we're not going to talk about because not it's not a good deck it's not a real deck is Momentum DH where you play like Glide and the Quest and the Ironbrown Brutes where you play the free taunts and all that and you just you churn through your deck with Lions Frenzy over and over again and I did get to play Far Watch Post on two and it stuck and then I coined a Glide and it's oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it was disgusting but the deck's bad. But I, I won a couple of games with it, and that particular moment, just like, this is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, and I mean, there are some decks that, you know, we, we may be a mini set away from them being a thing, too. Like, I I'm I think that Shadow Priest isn't quite there yet. I mean, I know that's, that some people are doing well with it, but and maybe it's a nerf away, maybe it's a mini set away, but I think that that's, you know, there's a few decks that you can tell have potential. And anyway, we're already talking about Demon Hunter, so we may as well just kind of get into it. Let's um, do it. And, and we can just start off with the Boogeyman. And this is this is the quest demon hunter um, that I yeah. have up uh, on the Skull screen. Skull of Gul'dan, not good enough for OTK demon hunter anymore. That should that should tell you what you need to know. You don't get outcast blocked anymore because you don't play anything that costs more than three, except for Ilganoth and a single tradable persistent peddler, which you play by getting it off of Tusk Piercer to get more draw to trigger your quest and then trade. So it's basically uh, a delayed one mana draw two cards to progress the quest. It is very um, clever. I mean, I, honestly, the first time I saw that, sure. I didn't realize what it was doing until it started happening. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant and evil. It's good deck building. I like it. I don't like dying to Ilganoth procs. No. And there is a clip that John Bray posted where Boar was in his chat where John Bray <laughs> died on turn four. Four. Turn two, double studies. Turn three, coin out left skull. Turn four, kill you. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not okay. Yeah, and you don't even need the you don't even need to play Kurtris for this to go off. Like the first two procs. Kurtris of the quest. is actively bad for you because yeah. you have to spend five mana on a thing during your turn that doesn't kill your opponent. Imagine paying five mana for anything in this deck. Like <laughs> no. you know, so it's yeah, it's it's just the first two discounts, and then you don't need to worry about Skull getting stuck in the left because every draw card is Skull now. So, you know, it, it's it's a very good deck. It's one of the best decks in qualifiers. Um, I, on ladder, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit less effective just because, you know, with a ban, it's a little bit easier to focus on it and bring a, bring a lineup with Priest and Elusia, which you can still beat it. With Elusia, I, di- I, can, I, can, I can say that. From experience, you can actually beat it with Lucia, but it's much harder because you just don't have the kind of time to get everything down. You're kind of guessing where Ilganoth is in the discount pool. But 
Um, I, we don't really need to say much more of it. Like, if you've been playing for the last six months, you know what OTK Demon Hunter does. This is OTK Demon Hunter, but faster. Uh, the the OTK Demon Hunter, the max power way, basically. And, you know, that's fine. And it's, it's, a, it's a very good deck. I expect it to get nerfed. And then we can see what you can actually do with the quest that's not just... I mean, I think this is kind of the disappointing thing. And I think it's one of the reasons, and I hate starting off like this, but... This is one of the reasons where people get frustrated because it's like, well, now I can do the same thing I'm already sick of playing against, but faster, right? And I think that, you know, that's kind of receded as we've gotten more variety, but that's that kind of leaves a, a, a bad taste in people's mouths to start off with. Well, especially when it's this thing. Um, OTK DH didn't exactly have a very large fan club and was one of the most disliked decks that I can remember, and it has improved multiple times. So... I am unsurprised that people are sick of this, and also it is not consistently killing people on turn four, but enough that maybe we don't do that no more. Yeah, agreed. Um, But there are, believe it or not, there are other Demon Hunter decks. So um, this is Alice Goman's Death Rattle Demon Hunter. I mean, it's Death Rattle Demon Hunter is um, is not significantly changed. I think the the uh, persistent peddler is really the only new addition to the deck, um, and which is the I mean that's it, but it's actually played as intended as opposed to just as a draw engine as it is in the OTK deck, where it's um, you're playing it to get the other copy out of the deck, and you could trade it if you you could trade one if you get both in your hand, and it's I mean it's fine. Demon Hunter, the Death Rattle Demon Hunter is fine. It's just every it kind of stayed where it is. And everything else just leveled up. So the Persistent Peddler isn't really enough to get it off the ground. And if you're going to play Demon Hunter, you may as well just, you know, burn people in the face for AD. Well, and the thing is, there are a lot of decks from last meta that are probably good enough but aren't interesting enough for people to play right now. Death Rattle Demon Hunter is good. It is a good deck. It is a reasonable choice to play in the meta. It is often quite strong against a lot of things that are going on right now. Uh, but it is also very few new cards in the same core strategy that we know. So no one's really running it. Uh, but I think that it w- it is absolutely capable of being one of the meta-defining decks out of the 30 we have listed. Like, this is a good choice to bring to ladder, and people will hit Legend with this, and it will win qualifiers, and it has won qualifiers. Yeah. I think the one thing that is against it now is that there are considerably more perpetual flames in the meta than there were before the, this ex- this expansion came out and and perpetual flame can just solo this deck um i mean it's you know because it could it'll it'll keep procking and waits for the death rattle to go off and then it procs again and you can you can go through three or four minions with one spell i mean you are overloaded to hell after that but it's it's pretty hard to recover from that as a death rattle demon hunter if that goes off again against your favor yeah, though Quest Shaman is like Quest Shaman's a, a reasonable deck. It's a good deck, but it's definitely not seeing the play rate numbers quite yet. Yeah. That would be a consideration going forward. Looking at last three days, Diamond Through Legend and HSR, Death Rattle Demon Hunter is number five, and two of the top four decks are Elemental Shaman. Uh, this is probably one of the better choices right now, just because the list is a little bit more refined, uh, and I think it lines up pretty well against a lot of what people are doing. You wouldn't, if you were playing Shadow Priest, this is not the deck you would want to face. No, uh, for mm, example, never and. Uh, I would think that it would actually be pretty decent against Face Hunter too. Yeah, it, like it might just need nerfs for some of those decks to just because, like, you can't really have a minion strategy against something like Mage, right? Or, or, 
or against Demon Hunter for that matter, like or, or Quest Demon yeah. Hunter for that matter. So like a lot of minion strategies, unless you're running like robes of protection, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, yes. it's just it's not at that power level. But maybe after a nerf, it might be. The biggest issue we have right now with our green friends here and with all Demon Hunter decks is Uther because Paladin was not good for you before and their minions are bigger now. So they continue to not be good for you. Especially so when the Prismatic Dual Crate just goes off when it wants to. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 bubble, the bubble bursts quite frequently. Yes. Um, we can also, we'll talk about John Bray's Fell Demon Hunter, which is not really a deck. I mean, any John Bray deck that is not being played by any, let me, let me change. Let me say this again. Any deck where John Bray is basically in the name until other people start playing it, <laughs> you, you do have to be a little bit careful about like, it's, he's got a pretty low hit rate in making decks that other people can play. And I think Atacondra Druid was kind of an anomaly there. Um, he did build this. It's running Jace Darkweaver at the top end and all of the fell spells, um, along with Felgorger, Insatiable Felhound, which is is a pretty good card that just isn't isn't getting played because it doesn't have a home outside of this deck right now. He's even running SI7 Skulkers because that that's actually a neutral card and not a rogue card. Um, and just kind of building, it's just a, a fair mid-range deck and probably a little bit too fair. And, and if you, you know, because Death Rattle Demon Hunter will get you to Illidari Inquisitor a little bit more smoothly than this will, effectively. It's Fel DH would have been competitive in Barons, and I thought it was completely not there, and it is actually kind of there. And when you play Jace, you will kill all your opponent's stuff, and you will heal the 30. That is what will happen, and I have done it a few times against people that decide to play minion decks, like against an Elemental Shaman. All their stuff dies, and you go to 30, and then they leave the game, if you get to that point. But it's not; it doesn't quite line up, and it's really focused on minion removal with a little bit of damage, though I will say... I played against a Poison Rogue, and they did Cloak of Shadows, and they Jace two fell barrages, and then they died. <laughs> and I had a very, I, I really enjoyed that experience. I, I do remember um, the day when when Mad at Arms came into multiple discords and and said, "Wait, fell barrage goes face." <laughs> it does. Oh yes, it does. It's great. Big fan. And when we don't have the the Glide DH featured in the uh, in the show notes at all, because again, it is not a deck, but it's on that big spreadsheet. Um, and there, there's fun stuff to be done in DH that will turn into future archetypes. And when they nerf OTK, I'm saying when because I'm putting the energy out into the universe, there will be other things to do with Illidan. So you can use that new portrait that came out today. I mean, why would you why would you play any of those when you can just play Arana though? Uh, I I like I like Boob Window Illidan. Okay, fair enough. Well, isn't that Watermelon Illidan? Is that his, isn't that his official given name? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that his given name is Watermelon Illidan. No, but he's seedless. The demon seed is Warlock. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Anywho, let's, let's, that's enough Demon Hunter talk. Let's move on to Druid. And so Druid also has a quest deck, and this has fallen off pretty hard because it was predominantly a mage counter. It does have some game against other decks, but it was predominantly a mage counter just because the idea was just to out armor and then hit them in the face off the board. Um, so this is McBanter faces list that um, that we're showing on stream right now. And it's just running a bunch of armor game. It's basically a spell druid. Um, it does run the actually, I think this one is actually not even running the park Panthers 
though there are a couple of lists that have run Park Panthers and occasionally um, Umbral Owl. Um, but this is actually, it looks like it's cutting all of the, um, oh, it's running, he is running the other guff, like the, the, the Baron's yes. version of guff. But other than, guff. other than that, that's the only, um, that's the only minion in the deck. And you just kind of, you, you play your, your spells that give you attack. You go face, you get moon touch amulet, gives you more armor. Um, you solar eclipse into, you, you, you solar eclipse into armor. You, you can mark the spike shell to get extra copies of guff to continue going face. Um, and sometimes if you're feeling really spicy, you can solar the mark of the spike shell, and then you could go face for 16 in a turn by playing both guffs in the same turn. And you also have uh, Glowfly Swarm and Arbor up in case the, the pl- plan A fails. You do have the token strategy, um, along with two copies of Best in Shell that you can use either for draw or for just getting stuff in front of your face. And, and if you're seeing a lot of mage, it works pretty well um, and I mean, even anything with just like a limited amount of damage um, will will generally just get out armored by it, though. Something like Quest Warlocker or, you know, OTK Demon Hunter can generally go over the top of it. Um, but it's a fun deck. I mean, it is it is fun to just, you know, just claw your opponent in, in the face repeatedly and then play your bear friends and or torn friends and keep doing it. Yeah, it's. This is Soul DH without the good cards, um, and you've noticed that as the deck has evolved, it has become closer to Anaconda Druid with a slightly different minion and spell base, and it is worse than Anaconda Druid. Uh, you know, make no mistake here. This is if your opponent is yes damage but no board. This is a good deck. Poison Rogue, Quest Mage, Face Hunter, even. Lifesteal Demon Hunter to a degree. There's very limited data on HS replay, but the matchup is showing quite strong. However, minions are bad for you. Top minions are worse. Divine Shield minions. The win rate. Steve, we have 15,000 recorded games, Diamond through Legend, against Handbuff Paladin. Oh. What would you guess the win rate is? 30%. You're way too high. Really? <laughs> Sixteen point four percent. Yeah, that matchup. Feels it is one of awful. the hardest counters I've ever seen. Who would win a quest reward that gives you eight attack and eight armor, or one righteous protector? <laughs> and, and just for just for context, I think at the worst part of it, like um, control warlock versus control priest in the last meta was like twenty percent, or priest into warlock yeah. rather. So, like, that's worse than Priest into Warlock before Mutinous and everything. Yeah. The matchup is so bad that it invalidates the deck's existence. Yeah. And, and I mean, Paladin has fallen off, but it's just, like, you don't want to be playing a deck that just loses that hard to anything. Especially something that's been played. It hasn't fallen off that hard. Yeah. In qualifiers, yes, and people are still trying other stuff, but, like, you will see it often enough that you will wonder why you are queuing Quest Druid. We are here to tell you that is a reasonable question (laughs) that you should be asking yourself. Yeah. Um, And and there are other Druid um, druid decks that you can play. I mean, Token Druid is still a viable option. Um, This is Treads Red's list that we're showing. And... Really, just like uh, so, the so the soil is really the only. Oh, and composting; those are the two new cards in the list. Otherwise, it's pretty similar to the token druid that we were seeing in the last meta. I mean, getting the extra draw from composting is not insignificant. So the soil is a heck of a card. 
Um, and and other than that, you're just kind of doing the same things. You still have Gibberlings at two mana. It's still fine. You still have Adorable Infestation. You're still, you know, playing Fungal Fortunes and looking for Glowfly Swarm and Arbor Up. And, you know, it, it can work. I mean, especially if you get ahead of your opponent and you get there quick enough, you can you can steal some games with it. Steve, I have some breaking news. Okay. Breaking right this moment, Tian Ding, data scientist for the Hearthstone team, has posted the top 10 best decks for United Stormwind launch week. Okay. This happened three minutes ago. I think we should interpret this live for our listeners. Uh, number one is Face Hunter at 57.8%. What is first turn win percentage? That's uh, co- uh, play versus coin. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, because that that was a kind of a weird... Um, yep. And this is their internal business intelligence. You'll notice they group things by cluster. So we're not talking about specific deck lists. There's going to be a lot of commonality in the cards played. So when it talks about spell token druid, for example, that could mean the anaconda list. It could mean a glowfly swarm list. We don't have specifics on the cards. That's not what we're looking for here. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the general clusters. Yeah. Okay, that's a better view of it. Okay, number two, Elemental Shaman, 55%. Hambuff Paladin, 54%. Um, Aggro Elemental Shaman, I'm assuming that's the Doomhammer list. I would guess that is Doomhammer. Is 53.6%. Rush Warrior is 53%. Quest Zoo is 52.5%. Token Druid, which we were just talking about, is 52%. Shadow Priest is 52%. Poison Rogue, 52%. And Quest Shaman, 51.5%. Notice what is not there is Quest Mage. Or OTKDH. Or, or OTK actually any OTK deck at all. There is no solitaire on this list. Zero combo decks are on this list. Maybe you could call Spell Token Druid, I guess, combo. Maybe you call Questline Zoo Warlock. There are two Questline decks total, and one of them is Shaman, which I did not see coming. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a good deck, but I didn't think it was that good. Yes. So I think also... Uh, that is important to note. This is the full first week of launch. A lot of these decks do very well against what's popular. This is not adjusted for weighted win rate based on what's popular now. This is based entirely on what happened the first week, which is why I bet that Poison Rogue would not be on this list in a week. Yeah. We also don't know what, what rank ranges this is covering, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I guess we can see if there's... They almost always... Dean has talked about in the past... They usually measure top one percent of players, okay, which often roughly correlates with uh, with legend and then some of diamond, I believe, yeah. um, somewhere in that range. It's probably pretty close to the diamond through legend filter on HS replay. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's really interesting, and and the fact that you know this this token druid is there, and I don't, you, you very rarely see it. Um, you very rarely see token drew being played on ladder i can't remember the last time i saw it well so this that says spell token i am assuming anaconda druid falls into that bucket that would be my assumption oh, that's true yeah so that but is even that i don't see that much not that much it's it's becoming much more popular and it's definitely popular at legend ranks and qualifiers at seeing a few but yeah it's not it's not quite the same yeah. way that it was towards the end of barons where it was really really strong um but anaconda druid is still quite good is that the next deck on our list am i segueing perfectly it is it is we can just go to that next yeah um so this is anaconda drew this is whose whose list is this this is avagias 
Yeah. Um, this is Avasius. Avasius. Yes. List. The almost identical to before the expansion, except you put in two best in shells over whatever you want, basically over some number of scenario wars and resizing pouches, probably. Yeah, and and it's I mean it's still good. So in qualifiers, right? This is the only deck that has a positive win rate against both Quest Demon Hunter and Quest Mage. This is the counter. The problem is a in qualifiers at least it's very bad against everything else. And B, there's no other deck that you can put in your lineup alongside that. So it's it, it makes it hard to, to you know just kind of say IDGAF about Quest Mage and Quest and Quest DH. I'm just going to counter them both. But this is the only one that gets there consistently against both of them. So if you really hate those decks, play Anaconda Druid. Just don't be upset when you know the rest of your you know the rest of your matchups may be not quite as good. Yeah, there was one winner, uh, Gamer RVG, one uh, qualifier with Anaconda Druid, but it was not, and that was uh, middle of the week, week one. I, I think it's a reasonable, defensible choice, but also I'm not surprised that people aren't bringing it, especially because it also, I don't think it's a high roll deck, but it sure feels like a high roll deck at times, and I have high rolled with yeah. it. Don't get me wrong, I have high rolled with this deck, <laughs> but it is not a high roll deck. People will, you can discard Anaconda and still win, but also sometimes you play Anaconda Solar Germination on turn three, and then you win the game. Right. And, and, and I mean, there's just no answer for that for a lot of decks. Yes. So, um, but you know, I mean, it's, if, if you were playing last meta, you know what that's like. I mean, there's not, it's not very different, but it is what it is. And, and speaking of not different, I believe this is exactly the same as it was before the expansion, but Jay Heckweiss, this was early on when everyone was playing mage just said, you know what, if nobody's building a board and everybody's discounting all their spells, I'm playing celestial alignment. And so you discount all your spells all you want. I'm going to get rid of all your mana crystals and everything costs one. And then I'm going to burn you in the face. And that worked for him on day two and probably did not work ever since because then Paladin and other decks became a thing. And when your opponent has a board and can develop more, uh, doing a celestial alignment thing generally does not work out in your favor. Also, if your opponent is a mage and they play, they play in catcher's flow after you alignment, that is not a fun time for you either. So, um, you know, do with that as you will. It's something you can do. I don't even think we need to really it's, discuss it's it. It's not. It's it's something it's you deck. could do, but it's, yeah. There are, uh, in the Legend rank, there are two lists in the last seven days. One is a 47% win rate off of 900 games. One is a 40% win rate off of 200 games. It's not a thing. No. It was, it, 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 this is a deck you play if you buy into the Solitaire memes. Or, or if you're just very tilted. It, if and, you and are will, tilted and you play this deck, it will not make the situation better. If you do that, <laughs> that would be a misalignment of how to fix the tilt. This is this is the hair of the dog in terms of heart, of Hearthstone decks, you know. But um, and speaking of of decks that are not decks, um, so this is Flying Kraken's um, Taunt Druid. I have lost to this because when and this I think might be a high roll deck. When it goes off, it goes off extremely hard. Yeah. Um. Be, because it runs the the two four that may, gives you a copy of any of your minions. If the, um any of your minions you play that cost two or less. Um. So you get a bunch of squirrels. So it has it runs the squirrels. The squirrels die. They put more squirrels in your deck, and you also have gray bow because of course you do. Um. And you have the minion that summons. 
a uh, makes all your taunts less, so you can get. So what you can do is you can play the two four that discounts that makes a copy of your minion. You play you then play the two drop that makes your taunt minions cost less, and then you can just play a gray bow on turn three alongside all of that. And when you do that, I'm sure it feels amazing. And then the other ninety games out of a hundred or ninety five games out of a hundred, you probably just get blown up because you're playing a bad token droid. But it's fun. It's a, it's something different. It squirrels are cute. Um, so it is a deck that you can, you can try if you're, you know, in casual or if you're just, you know, memeing at the floor and you want to try it. So this isn't really a deck yet. Razor main battle guard, the two mana, two, three that reduces the first taunt you play every turn by two is an absurd, stupid, dumb card that doesn't have a deck yet. And people are trying to give it a deck and this ain't it. But it sure feels like it when you draw a battle guard. It's there will be a point where we complain about that card. That is gonna happen hundred percent. But there's not a deck. This is what we call an IT a proof of concept. Yeah. This is something where you're not putting this into a live system, but it shows that there's potential there, right? And so maybe it's gonna be in the mini set, maybe it's gonna be in the next set. There's something to keep an eye on here. Just because that whole scenario is scary. And so you can go off with this. And if they if it gets cards that make it more consistent, then this will be something that you're going to want to keep an eye on for future sets. It's not a thing yet, but it's close. All right. Um, so that's it for Druid. We can move on to Hunter. And Hunter... Hunter is Hunter. Hunter goes face. So we've got face Hunter. Um... You know, Face Hunter is face is as Face Hunter does. Also the best deck um, in the format by a huge margin. To reference the live breaking news that we got during the show, the number one deck, Face Hunter, they call it Agro Hunter, which just feels wrong to me. Um, it does too, The too. win rate of that cluster was 57.8%. The next cluster was 54.8%. Hunter fans, brace yourselves. They're coming for you next week. Can't get yeah. away any longer. Hunter, for, for such a long time, for the past two years... Really high win rate, like an 8% play rate, no matter how good the archetype is. Everyone's kind of cool with it. That ain't going to happen this time. Because Aimed Shot is a ridiculous Hearthstone card, and the deck was already one of the best things to do for all of Barons. It is now officially the best thing to do in Stormwind. They're going to change something. Don't know what it is. Don't get used to this. Yeah, it might not be next week. It might. They might let it fly under the radar a little bit more. Steve. I can see it's it happening. It's 3% higher than number two. 3%. I know. No way. No way. I know. I'll bet you two packs. I'll bet you two packs right now. Well, they change I mean, it next week. The thing is, though, like, what are the what are the decks that they're going to... We know they're going to nerf holding back, right? Like, the, the, the counter to Face Hunter was Control Priest, right? And Control Priest is good luck. I, I'm not playing Control Priest, and if anyone's going to play Control Priest, I'm going to be playing Control Priest, right? So, like, Control Priest is not a deck. Questline Priest is super not a deck. And despite despite people winning with it, but even the people who won with it have said, like, hey, you could cut the quest and this will be better. And we'll get to that. But um, So, like, the Control decks that would normally keep Hunter down are not there. So if you take away these two decks that would that are keeping Hunter out of the out of the meta, maybe those are a natural a natural counter to, to face Hunter, and then it and then it comes back up. I could see them having that thought process. I don't know that they're necessarily going to 
make that same jump. But I could see them not want because because whenever they make a change to a deck that's not perceived to be a problem, then people jump up and down, right? And they've been the last couple of balance changes. They've been sticking pretty closely to what people think is the problem. They've been hitting. They hit priest pretty hard. They hit paladin repeatedly. Um, you know, they hit mage. Um, they haven't really been straying too far off of the beaten path there. But Steve, I don't even need a bet. If they don't nerf Face Hunter next week, I'll just give you two packs. Okay, fair enough. I'll just give it to you if they don't. <laughs> I don't even need you to give I, I don't even need odds. I'll just okay. I'll give you two packs if they don't nerf Face Hunter next week. They, it's, this is the same list. It's not even the same deck. It's the same list. It's Zach says, Zach says, Zach O from the Vicious Syndicate uh, website and podcast, which I'm also on. Um, he says it's time for Cole Card to go to three mana, three, four. And I think that is a reasonable change. That or you make Trampling Rhino six so that you're not going worse. So you're not, so you're not going worse on, you're not going worse on into Trampling Rhino. There are, there are things you can do. I would lean into Cole Card is the snowball card. Yeah, that's true. And rhino is the late game card that uh that really compounds the damage and makes it really hard to stabilize so it's got to be one of those two but coal car being the snowball two drop those are usually the kind of cards they go for more on that with the next class by the way snowball two drops we'll talk yeah. about those yeah so anyway you can play face hunter it's still good i guess play it while you got it but if you want to climb yeah it's it's not just good it is the best deck in the format right now. yeah yeah, and and it's it's good and it's it's one of the boogeymen in um in qualifiers as well. It was one of the most banned classes on the first day, along with Paladin, until people got got more spooked of uh, Demon Hunter and of Mage. So it is it is doing well in qualifiers as well. Um, there have been some attempts at a Quest Hunter, but I guess really it's just not as good. And if you can just play Face Hunter, why would you play Quest Hunter? But you can. That is a deck that you can play. There have been some attempts at it. This is Hatrick's um, Quest Hunter. Hatrick is, um, you know, one of the one of the the people in the Hunter community who does a lot of the uh, lot of the the off meta building. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned Sidisi on this on this podcast a few times. Um, Hatrick's like the European Sidisi, basically. Um, and you know, I mean, you just it's it's not. It's just a matter of like which damage spells you're putting in because I think it's pretty clear how you have to build it which is mostly damage spells and then a few a few cards that either synergize with damage spells or get you more um more damage spells he's running um two venomous scorpids and two wand makers and a voracious reader just like every minion that's in this deck either generates minions when you play spells or it gets you more spells now steve i know you say that it's it's kind of obvious how you build it with which damage spells but you've looked at the qualifier results this weekend, there was a weirdo questline hunter build that was surprisingly popular that topped out at Maligos. I mean, I guess so if you weird. really need refill, right? Like Maligos, I mean, I, I I was thinking about that too when I was thinking about, about uh, I don't remember if that made it into my theory craft or not, but it's a valid thing. Like if the, because these games are going to go to nine, Right, like you're not you're not face hunter. You're not burning somebody out this quickly because a lot of these don't do face damage or don't do enough face damage. So like the games do go a little bit longer. Maybe you do get to Maligos often enough. I, I wouldn't do it on ladder. People haven't been doing it on ladder. I wouldn't it's do it either. But been, 
it's only been doing okay as well in qualifiers. Like the win rate overall isn't that crazy. But the fact that this deck was played by multiple top eight competitors was surprising to me in and of itself. And it tops out with Daddy Rome and Malagos. Like it, it's Yeah. It's just a, draw. It's just a, getting it, more spells. Deckless. Yeah. So I've played some of this. If you have the hero power quest, really great for that. That's mostly why I've been playing it. It's not bad. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure with a ban, it gets a little bit better. Um, I yeah. don't know. I haven't looked into it enough to know, like, what people were banning with it, but... You ban Face Hunter. Okay. Yeah. It's, they're faster. Way faster. Or, or probably... You quest, don't you have... pro- I mean, you probably just ban Quest Mage is probably what you're banning. Uh, no, you ban Face Hunter. You cannot ever beat a real Face Hunter. Well, I mean, those are those are often not in the same lineup. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I feel like you'd actually be okay against uh, against Quest Mage because the issue here is when you have you probably ban Paladin because the issue isn't isn't enemy life total; it's minions, right? It's survival, and so I think you probably race regular Mage like Quest Mage pretty decently because your entire deck is damage spells and the hero power. Um, but I feel like Paladin is kind of unwinnable. Like you, you just. You can't beat a first blade of the ring. So I'll tell you what the the most often they they banned, and then what was the most successful. So oh, look at you with the data. I know. So most often they did ban other hunters. They had a hundred percent win rate when banning elemental shaman. Huh. So okay, take take that take that as you will. Um, but and and everything else was kind of like. You know, Face Hunter, Quest Druid, Anaconda Druid. I'm sure Quest Druid is miserable for this deck oh, yeah. also. You have, to, you have to ban that one. <laughs> that one's not okay. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something you could try. I mean, this was this was actually the sixth most... It, it, this, this lineup of Quest Hunter, Quest Mage, Quest Rogue, 59% over, over 100 matches. It's that's, actually good in qualifiers. That's, I mean, it's the sixth best lineup. So, you know, there's something there, potentially. Um, and again, maybe after a nerf, maybe this is good enough. Um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, but, you know, then we get to the villain of the piece, which is Mage. And I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on Quest Mage. Um, this particular list yeah, is this Katsu isn't even Curse. a top 10 deck. Who's even yeah. mad about this? <laughs> Who's even mad? Um, this is Katsu Curry's list that we're featuring, but I mean, you, you know what the, if you've played it all, you know what this deck looks like. This is, this is one of the lists that was running, um, Archaeologist for a period of time to get the secrets out because the secrets are the frost spells that you can play without your opponent having a board. So like there was like a day where, oh, just don't play minions and then they can't play their frost spells, and then well, okay, well then we'll just put in more secrets and ways to get the secrets so that we can get oh, yeah. so that we you can know get what them the, out. The good plan is against Quest Mage. Let's just give them more time. Yeah, <laughs> let's just see how that goes. Didn't go all that well. Wasn't the best thing to do. I, I've actually seen some lists I played against today hard running Shattering Blast because it's a frost spell that you can play just without your opponent having a board. It's because that's can really technically do that. You can. I mean, it's I mean, I guess you run enough, uh, you know, you run, you know, brain freeze and I don't know. And I guess Kona cold in that list, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, you can just play it and then that's something else you can play without a board. Because, I mean, there's only so many if they don't trip the secrets, there's which I mean, they're never going to trip Oasis ally um, unless you're playing a Praxis Blast, which you shouldn't be. 
Um, and they're not going to trip. I mean, if they're just not attacking into you, they're not going to trip ice barrier. So, you, you know, if they don't play a board, you know, I mean, if they don't play a board, you're probably just killing them from hand anyway. But, you know, eventually you, you would like to. You for know, cheap spell damage minions and then you brain freeze your own stuff. Yeah, eventually that's what happens. But like the mirrors in particular are kind of nutty that way because nobody wants to play minions and nobody leaves a minion on the board. And then you're just playing your own minions and killing them. But. Um, yeah. You know, uh, as a general rule, if you're playing the mirror, the strategy I recommend is uh, draw on Canterslow. Yeah, yeah. And Canterslow on two is a pretty good um, for any class, really. In uh, Canterslow on two is a good strategy, but mostly mage. And also all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The strategy here, if you are looking at your hand and you are not sure what to do, first keep the quest. Important. Second of all, say it with me, class. Throw for flow. Throw all the cards back if they are not in Cancer Slow. You throw for flow in very rare situations where you're against a hunter or whatever. Maybe you keep a first flame. Otherwise, throw for flow. I mean, that's it. That's all you have to do. I mean, it's we don't need to spend time on this, right? Like, everybody knows what this deck is at this point. Um, do you know what the win rate is of Encanter Slow and Diamond Through Legend in your mulligan? Is it 70? Is it higher than 70? I feel like we're on card sharks now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, people listen to you for the data. Let's play into the brand. Okay. So, uh, in Candor Slow, it's dropped recently 67.4% diamond through Legend. Uh, at Legend exclusively, it's only 64%, which is uh, 12% higher than next closest card. So that's still like Kalisath Barnes on four numbers. And car two, three. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's dumb. It's a huge outlier. Huge outlier. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that when they do balance changes, I mean, that, that survived several mage balance changes at this point. I would expect— Well, it one meta where it was relevant, right? Yeah. Because it spent a whole year being irrelevant, and then one meta being relevant and flow survived, but two other mage cards didn't. Yeah. Lunacy didn't even make it two weeks, thank goodness. And then uh, Springwater died so that flow could live. But there is a world where I think that gets— changed yeah uh again to quote zacko's twit longer uh he suggested nerf flow to three but put put spring water back at four i don't even know if we need to do that no like, um, can but we i just do stop know nerfing cards like we saw how that worked with first day of school like stop making them better. i mean we don't have to make them rework. better just like it's like flow did bad things right it did crimes let's just punish it for the crimes we don't need reparations it's okay like just punish flow for its crimes and let's move on we don't need to give it a consolation prize. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not I'm, saying. I'm, I'm just not saying. Gonna, I'm not going to argue. I keep playing this deck and not drawing flow, so nerf it to the ground. I don't care. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I never draw it, but my opponents all seem to. So, you know. Yeah. That's how that I goes. I do think that Quest Mage serves an important, important role in the current meta, being one of the few decks that consistently beats Handbuff Paladin and Paladin in general, which doesn't have a ton of counters right now. And if you only nerf mage, then you run into a major paladin problem, but I don't think they're going to only nerf mage. Yeah, I mean, you also, it's also keeping all the other control decks down, right? Like, it's keeping control priest, control uh, warrior. Control has more problems right now, It Steve. does, but We've I mean. We've got a lot going on. It's not just the blue cards. It does, but it's also, like, when you look at qualifiers, you, ha- you see people winning with all control lineups because they're banning mage, right? Well, sure. 
So, hard targeting and banning is is a thing that we do. Right, but that's what I'm saying like if if the whole meta was again was was anti-control then we wouldn't necessarily be seeing that as much. Is is kind of where I'm saying. If if you can get away with making a whole class of decks viable by taking one deck out of the meta, then that's probably holding them down. Well, they just eat the lost OTKDH. Or they play Lucia. Uh, well, they draw Lucia, hopefully. Or I mean they could also but, they all, or they play I mean Mutinous is kind of too slow now. But um, but Elusia is is still a viable option against that. So at least Priest can can get there. That's always been kind of the the dynamic there, right? So I, I think because like that would be the counter to Paladin would be the control decks, right? Like um, like Hysteria would would be pretty good against Paladin if we could play Hysteria. In this ba- they in this draw line. a lot more cards now with yeah. Bannerman and Varian. It's pretty hard to run them out of resources, and all of their cards are ridiculously huge. Yeah. Their minions are so big. So I don't even know if Control would consistently beat Handbuff Paladin anymore just because of how dense they are with minions and how huge the minions all are. Like, Pack Mule is, is Pack Mule's a beast. one card. Well, it, I mean, it's, it is, is literally well, a beast. Liter- but. Yes, it is. But it's, <laughs> it's basically, it, it ends up being, if you buff it once, it's 6-8 in stats for one card. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if Control has enough to keep up with that. Yeah, I mean, you do have, I mean, if war, if Control World, I mean, Control World like, probably wouldn't be a thing anyway. But, I mean, you do have things like um, like, like Cascading Disaster and Twisting Nether and Siphon Soul, and, and you might be able to keep up there, right? But uh, we don't know, because yeah. those decks aren't a thing, because then you play Mage and you just get burned out, so. There's actually Controlling Style Quest Warlock that's doing pretty well, thanks to No Hands Gamer, that does run Soul Rend, which is quite a card. Yeah, we'll talk about that Pal. at length. I've been playing a lot of that deck. I like yes. that deck a lot. It's It's very strong. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, let's get Mage, let's get let's get way. this bait out of the way. This is APX's APX Void's attempted a bird. APX tweeted a, this to say, yep. <laughs> "I wanted to find a different mage to play, and I don't recommend playing this." But it got him his twenty thousandth win with mage, which is a frankly silly number. Ultimately, you're playing a bunch of fire spells. You're trying to get through your deck. You you play Ign- you play a bunch of ignites. You have gadgets and auctioneer to cycle through your deck and just play play infinite ignites. Yes, uh, or at least like unbounded. Yeah. The limiting factor here is your opponent's life total, and and your mana, I suppose, because you can't you can only encounter flow so many. This doesn't even run encounter flow. No, it does run encounter flow, but you can only yeah. encounter flow so many ignites. So eventually, it mana will a lot be of an hot option. Streaks, yeah, yeah. But it's when you end up with you have imprisoned phoenix, so you end up with double phoenix, and the turn they wake up is when your deck's about empty, and then you go like. You, you end up, like, hot-streaking out multiple Ignites, and you can play, I think, seven Ignites the same turn, um, and then you kill them. Yeah. I mean, and, and in Magical Christmas Land, that's a great deck. Um, unfortunately, we don't live in Magical Christmas Land, so. Um, but again, APX Void can win with it because he's APX Void. You're probably not APX Void if you are. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your, I appreciate your, your time. Um, everyone else, you're probably not APX Void, so probably don't play this. Mm-hmm. He, t- he said not to. Yes. So we can move on to uh, we we spent enough time talking about Paladin that we may as well just talk about Paladin. This is Webecca's list. There's been a few different um, few different takes on it. Language Hacker had a list that was pretty popular for the few, first few days. Some of the some of the cards kind of change in and out. Um, the robes of protection I think are fairly standard now, just because they they take any deck that plays off the board and makes it very difficult for them to um, to get rid of any minions that are on the board once the Rose of Protection come down. 
Um, and you play a bunch of the hand buff stuff, and then you have. I mean, you could you could kind of you you don't need a lot to put this together. I mean, obviously the people who did put this together kind of came up with the optimal list, but um, you're playing Alliance Batterman, which is going to buff your hand when you draw and you draw a minion. You got one Catacomb Garden here, which is the Life Steal two. Um, it starts as a, it starts at a two five, I think, or it starts at a one, one four. four. Um, that, I like how you've never seen it be unbuffed. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, that does it does its power to um, to something, and then it has life steal. Um, Samuro is a pretty consistent board clear in this deck, much more so than it was in the old Paladin list. Cariel is just another rush minion. First blade of War- of Rin always has rush because it always has has four health and then a four attack. Rather, you've got High Lord Four Dragon at the top end to um to buff up everything even more in your hand and then two copies of battleground battlemaster because once you have these big things on board then you have you also have conviction and um you also have hand of a doll though that's not exactly the the villain but um but between conviction and battleground battlemaster if you ever stick a board then you generally win unless your opponent has like divine shield taunts in your way or something like that battlegrounds battlemaster is the card in my mind that is the most likely to be nerfed yeah. Because it is a neutral, and it is a bloodlust, and it is at way too efficient of a rate to not be seen. And also, you will just die out of nowhere to them having anything in play. And it is exacerbated by Conviction being somehow one mana. And if you have Carriel, and it is zero mana. And there's there have been games I've played against Paladin or with Paladin where my opponent leaves up one minion, and they're above 20 life, and then they die. I died the other day. I was at 30 they had a 9-6 Moonfang that I could not easily remove because I only had four minions, so I did not full trade into it. Conviction, Conviction, Battlemaster, I yeah. instantly died. Yeah. I, I still don't know how Conviction got through the, all those Paladin nerfs. I really don't. I mean, either making it two mana or making it, you know, plus two attack or something. I, I would imagine that's probably on the menu. And Battleground Battlemaster is like, this is the Corridor Creeper of this set. Like, I mean, I don't think it was anything that anybody looked at and wasn't scared of it when they saw it. Um, especially when they realized that it was not a battle cry and it was a persistent effect. Um, but it's... Steve, yeah. Steve, I thought it was overrated. Did Saying you really? Right now. I, people were comparing it to Fungal Mancer, and I said, no, if you have two one ones, it's not that much damage. Fungal Mancer has the stats built in. This only enhances existing stats because I didn't think that minions would be sticking to the board. What I didn't realize is that if you play removal spells, you have no targets and are also dead, so stuff just lives now. Yeah. And then your opponent stops living. So I thought it was going to be heavily played, overplayed, and be overrated. And I was wrong. I was incorrect. And I realized that the second that I died from 24 to Conviction Battlemaster. Yeah, and this isn't the only deck that's making use of that, by the way. But, I mean, this is the one that's making the oh, best use of it. Oh, it certainly is not. And, it and, is the most visible. And, and generally, if, you're, if your minions all have big butts and or have, have Divine Shield, they're also much more likely to stick. So yep. that's that's what's happening. And I mean, this is it's a very good deck. It's, um, you know, it, it depending on there are ways to I mean, basically what you counter is just like keeping everything off the board. Um, but that's easier said than done, especially once you get like a few turns in. It gets very hard to keep all those minions off the board. You you basically need to be racing them the entire time. Um, and that's that's yep. just really hard to do. And if you have damage agnostic removal or freeze effects so quest mage very strong here devolving missiles and a lot of freezes uh you can play something like quest rogue where it has free vile spine slayers yeah uh 
but generally it is very hard to deal with these minions. They're big and they have bubbles, and if you choose to not trade, you will get punished very hard if you don't kill them immediately. Right. So anything like I, I've run to it like it, Shadow Priest is off. It's an awful matchup for Shadow Priest because you really don't want to. You don't have that much damage as much as it sometimes looks like it, and you really don't want to trade like ever. And it, which is, I will say, being me. It's very difficult, <laughs> and you really don't want to waste any of that damage going into minions, but you have to against Paladin, because if you let them stay on the board even a little bit, then all of a sudden they, they go Hand of a Doll, Conviction, Battlemaster, and then you're dead. Yeah, and it has very, very few matchups that are not green on the HS Replay website. Uh, the only matchups that are below 50%. Quest Mage at 48.6, Quest Rogue at 39%, Face Hunter at 47.9%, Elemental Shaman 49.5%. Every other matchup is above 50. Uh, if they just hit Mage and leave everything else, this deck will be a huge problem immediately. Yeah. I imagine that we will see at least one change here beyond Battlemaster, which is also definitely a good thing for them to change because if we don't ch- change Battlemaster... It would be like how Alex was in the last meta, except way faster. Yeah. I- I'm really surprised that they printed it at five mana. That feels like a much... That feels like a seven mana card. Uh, you know, uh, it just feels like five Five is too quick for that to come out. Speaking as a person that called it overrated, I can see how they would think that it would be flashy but not actually effective. But because the density of removal in this format is so low and because you need to focus so hard on your own game plan to have all the synergy cards combined with disruption cards you, if you play in robes of protection you, you don't have room for minion removal <laughs> and yeah. you can't keep up with paladin's minion density anyways we just talked about encumbered pack mule that's one card that's two bodies that will just kill you yeah so it's it's just not feasible to keep up so you have to kind of give up that plan and when you give up that plan then you die on six so right. i I see how the mistake was made, and I imagine it will be rectified fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, that seems like an obvious, like, it's just, it's, it, it feels bad if nothing else, right? Like, even if it wasn't overpowered, like, nobody wants to be losing like that, where you're you're at, like, 20-something, and then all of a sudden they play Conviction and Battlemaster and you're dead, right? Like, then it, you get yes. back into the same, the, the same problem we had with Paladin before, which is that you have to remove literally everything or or you just die and and we finally got to a good place with paladin and then you know now we're back there again so i'm sure they'll fix it yes um you so there are other paladin decks uh the probably not recommended but you can play them this is a quest paladin which is extremely low curve um you're basically just trying to get you i mean you have to because the quest wants you to play one cost cards so you're playing basically all of the one cost cards um including one cost cards that get you one cost cards and i believe this is not a secret list so this is just running all the one drops there are some lists that are that are also secret lists that will run things like um that'll run the normal secret secret package but this is this is not that the only cards that cost more than one are like Hand of a Doll. I'm not sure what... This is French, so I'm not sure what Noble Destrier is, but... Um, you have so Ver- there's Hand of a Doll, Noble Mount, Traveling Merchant, Voracious Reader, and Kazakis. Yeah, that's it. And by the way, this is Skywalker SC2's list. They posted a list today. Oh, did they? Uh, a relatively recent list that they lowered the curve. Oh. It is 
28 one-mana cards and two traveling merchants, yeah. which is the one-mana tradable or three-mana is a 2-3 that gets plus one, plus one for each minion you control. 28 one-drops otherwise, including the secrets, including uh, plays double Avenge, a Galloping Savior, double Oh My Yog, and everything else is every one-mana minion you would expect, as well as a couple that you probably wouldn't. Yeah, I'm actually updating the updating the show notes right now because I'm gonna update. I can't update the the stream, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, it's uh, Skywalker is one of those people who builds decks that you know it's kind of like John Bray, uh, that they build decks that uh, other people may or may not be able to play. But again, if you have the quest, you want to play it. It's you know it's something that you can do. Um. And then there are there is still Secret Paladin Wuling, who you may know from bringing us watch posts in Rush in Rush Warrior, um, has a has a secret a secret um, Paladin as well, and um, it's not it's not too different. It's I mean it's got the the Paladin Legendary Battleground Battlemaster. Um, it's got uh, Varian King of Stormwind, which is just good draw and good and good um, you know good reload. It still does run the Pack Mule. And other than that, it's running a lot of the secret the secret paladin cards that we ran before. Um, it does run the alliance bannerman to be able to to buff up the hand, but not really going all in on the hand buffing as much as like the pure hand buff paladin is. Um, but you know, I mean, it secret paladin has some matchups where it's better. Um, certainly, Omayog can get in the way of what quest mage wants to do occasionally, um, and maybe even uh, you know quest demon hunter if you catch it. If you catch the right card, maybe catching a um, catching acrobatics or catching a, um, a spectral sight is, is enough to slow it down. So there are like use cases for having Oh My Og in your deck, um, and again, it's something you can do. But I would expect that this, you know, may or may not be for everybody. So I've actually been playing this list okay. earlier today and yesterday. It's quite good. Part of that maybe that I ran into three OTK Demon Hunters in a row. Oh, yeah. And boy, is that deck bad <laughs> against this one. Uh, I beat one of them on turn five, and then I fatigued the next one. Oof. They ran out of damage because they had to full heal twice with both of their Moargs and both of their, their all their fell Screams and their I-Beams, and they had a philosophy except I yogged it. <laughs> so fatigued them. Wow. Very enjoyable matchup. But, but the deck is strong. Bannerman, you can just play. And otherwise, the secret stuff is good. Also, if you're going against a mage or a warlock, keep Oh My Yog and play it on one. <laughs> See what happens. You just catch people who aren't even paying attention, I bet. Or you, or you duress the coin out of their hand. They don't end up, they lose <laughs> the coin or they lose the game. Those are their choices. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, and I mean, really just like Conviction Battlemaster. And then you pick the rest of your deck, right? I mean, you... Yeah, I mean, like, it's giant paladin minions, right? And Bannerman as a card is yeah. extremely powerful. It does not matter what you're playing. It is it is worth more than three mana. You get a 2-2, two, two, a, a minion to replace it, and your whole hand gets bigger. And if you ever hit an encumbered pack mule, it feels incredible. So I do recommend trying this list out. It's actually quite strong. Yeah, okay. Um... Okay, so that's going to do it for Paladin, and now we move on to Priest, which normally this would be the point where in the show where you would get up and go refill your coffee or your beer and let me talk for 20 minutes. But I get the feeling that is not going to be how this section is going to go 
for most of it because Shadow Priest is the first list. This is Habugabu's list. He's been iterating on this all week. Um, this started out with a list from Zedalot that is very different than this, but was running, again, Elven Archers, and I don't even remember what else was in the list. I know Elven Archer was in there because I had people... I, 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 I had to commit because of channel points to save Elven Archers for Lethal if it was available on stream. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good reward. Um, so that was... It, it's fun, too. Like, it, it actually gets there more often than you would let, than you would think looking at it. I mean, the list looks like a pile of garbage when you first look at the deck. I mean, it's running Frazzled Freshman on purpose, which if in case you've forgotten, I mean, you've probably seen this list, but the one mana one for that vanilla one for for priest, that's it. Can, that, that you probably only remember because she screams, can I get some help please? Like really loud. <laughs> That's that's the and you probably got it devolved into more likely than you've seen it in decks. It's running imprisoned homunculus on purpose. Um, it's running Kulturan Chaplain, which is the core card that is a two mana give your give a minion plus two health. That has seen zero play. Um, I mean, some of the other things that once you get a little bit higher in the list, they make a little bit more sense. I mean, wriggling horror with what we're doing. Sometimes it's um, it's the, oh, the, what's the, the three, the three drop that gives a plus two at the end of the turn. I can't remember the name. Oh, of uh, Dragonmaw Overseer. Yeah, Dragonmaw Overseer sometimes goes How in How could you not remember the, <laughs> the, the name of Dragonmaw Overseer, the proud name? Yes. That's a, that's a very highly played priest card. But, um, but, you know, Wriggling Horror kind of gives you those stats immediately. And generally you don't get more than the plus two, plus two off of it. Those, though the, the Overseer is sometimes a little bit better if you can hit a Homunculus or a Frazzled Freshman with it. Um, you, you run Mancrick because, I mean, you sure, I mean, you basically run a Lucia just because you're going to run out of cards and then you get to take your opponents. It's not even really like you're trying to counter anything. It's just like, I'm out of stuff. Let me take yours. That's why Lucia's in the deck. So the joke of this meta is that things are a Lothab. This is actually a Lothab where your opponent just like doesn't have anything. And let me tell you, listen, Steve, you know that I play a lot of rogue. Yes. I played against a poison rogue. I elucid, I took their secret passion, I drew their wicked stab for lethal, and I felt fantastic. If, if you, do, you do feel like this is like this is how you want Elucia to feel, right? Like it's never like when you're playing control. My it's opponent always, did not want that. Yeah, my opponent was uninterested <laughs> and also dead. Yeah, but I mean, like but, when you're when you're playing control, it's always like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to feel horrible because they're going to dump my hand. Like you don't have a hand. You're done. Like, you're just going to clear their hand, and now you're both in the same place. And and Void Touched Attendant, by the way, the one mana, one three, that, oh my that does goodness, one more this damage. This card is filthy. Yeah. It is so good. It's, it's not spell damage plus one. It's both opponents, or both players, have card damage plus one to both players. Card and hero not power minions. damage. The minion's the same. Yeah, it, yeah, like, stuff damage. Stuff damage plus one to both heroes. And so you don't usually run it out on one. You often, it's like, it's the last one drop that you play, but it's a disturbingly powerful card. And if you ever raise dead back one or two and you play them both in the same turn, people just fall over. They just melt. And if you play it early against like a quest warlock, yes, they get faster quest progress, but at what cost? Yeah. And and it's like, I I remember, you know, Schwal's in my, in my chat very often when I'm streaming and he's like, well, why aren't you just slamming that down? Like, you have to be careful when you play it because you have you do have to look at your life total and say if I'm not if I'm setting them to one with this 
what are they going to do to me? And then you do have to be a little bit careful with that. You can't just slam it down. But you you do just sometimes tempo it, especially if you have a raised dead in hand. Because if you know you're going to get it back again, then who cares? Yes. Right? And usually they're, they're going to go out of their way to kill it if they're not killing you. It's just against the decks that can kill you if you leave it up and you're not killing them that you have to be careful. But that... It it turns boards into brick into brick houses. It is like it, I mean, this is almost like token druid, and you're it's kind of like uh, like power of the wild, effectively, because you just buff your board, except that you're not really buffing your board, but you you are when you hit them in the face, and it's it's a really weird way to play priest, and it took me a while to remember how to play aggro. I'm sure you can imagine what that looked like, but. Once you get into the groove with it, it's it does have some pretty hard counters. Paladin is a, like we talked about is a big bummer. Quest Druid is also not a lot of fun to play against, but like you can get ahead of a lot of the other decks in the format just by just going and then making them remove because they know they have to remove everything. Like if you get three or four minions on board, it's just as scary as it was in the inner fire days when you had one minion with a big butt. Like it's it's the same kind of feeling, and, except that yeah. it it isn't it isn't exactly it, it. You never feel like it never feels like unfair. Well, I would ask your opponents that after the game. I'm not sure if that's how they would agree, <laughs> but uh, I, like I think so. It's it's not it's Zoo and Face Hunter had a baby, and and I really enjoy yeah. the play style of the deck, of course, because the kind of priest that I like. I'm going to get a thousand wins with this one. I'm pretty close. Um, you do actually beat Questerud, by the way, because you go wide and they can't do anything about it. The worst matchups outside of Palin are actually Shaman because Canal Sauger just undoes your entire strategy. The whole thing yeah. just cannot be Canal flame is a, is a Perpetual Flame is a big problem yes. for that deck, too. As well, yeah. Quest Shaman is the actual worst matchup at 30% because it plays Perp Flame and sometimes also Canal Sauger. Um, and it gets Lightning Storm, too. Yeah. There's a lot of bad stuff happens to your stuff, and you are absolutely an, a classic aggro deck, except you don't have Life Tap. You have the hunter hero power that sometimes can be used for board control, but if you run out of stuff, you often stay out of stuff. Uh, and if a deck can come yeah. back from that, then it's problematic. Um, but it's a well-done take on the archetype because you get priesty kind of things like Raise Dead and Void Shard, and Void Touch Tenon is very aggressive, but it still feels like a Shadow Priest card. They got the flavor down. It doesn't feel like playing Face Hunter or Zoo. It's similar. Yeah. It's not quite It feels the same. like its own thing. It does. Yeah. They did a really good job with that. It's very enjoyable to play. It's like the aggressive play style and a super different way to play Priest. Yeah, it, it's a very different, like, even than, than, like, Inner Fire Priest. Like, even Inner Fire Priest was like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep removing stuff, and I'm going to have one big thing and dare you to remove it. And this is not that. This is, from turn one, you're going. Yes. And you just don't stop, and you do not trade for anything if you can help it, which is... I, I Priest has never played like that, which, I mean, kudos to them for enabling that archetype. Finally. It took them seven years. They tried with Shadow Ascendant, didn't get there. They tried with all, with Shadow Bomber, didn't get there. Though, yeah. in wild, hilariously enough, the <laughs> way to make this better, besides adding Shadow Bombers, is you add in Ship's Cannon and Pirate's. Because turn one, void touch the tenant, turn two, ship's cannon, coin, any pirate, drop one from an, from my hand, and summon a patches. The, people will die in turn three. Yeah. It's it's amazing, like, what they... I mean, again, people looked at this and like, Shadow Priest didn't get anything. Oh, it sure did. It sure did. And, and I have a feeling that... Because this is... It feels like it's... I mean, it, it was one of the best decks. It feels like it's 
got enough bad matchups it's very polarized i have a feeling they may have one or two cards like they did for death rattle demon hunter in the works for the mini set that's going to push this into like over the top i would i would not be surprised I am certain that they have pushed the boundaries with this archetype because they wanted to make sure it's, it's saw play. And it's it's one of the top 10 decks per their internal data. Uh, 52% win rate, which is a healthy place for to be. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised they gave this more stuff. And there are easily ways to make this really scary. But as of right now, it feels like a competitive aggro deck in a class that normally doesn't do the yep. aggro thing, period. Yeah, I think this is going to be an archetype for a while, and I'm a little afraid of what it's going to look like in a six set meta because it's going to get some real tools. I have a feeling. Yeah, they could, they might not, but even the the neutrals that they're going to print are going to find their way in here. I'm afraid of how much I'm going to like it. Yeah, well, I might like it too. We might actually be both hitting face together for once. There is control priests. Um, Tic Tac put together a list. This is he actually. I both of these lists are from Tic Tac. Um, this yeah, I'm is, not sure there's control priest or just if it's Tic Tac just doing it. But in, qualifiers have control priests too. Yeah, and he did say like you just concede to all the mages and all the demon hunters, and he still climbed with it. Which I mean, he's tic tac. Your your mileage may vary. Um, it's he, we're running Alec Mount in the deck, which I did not expect. <laughs> um, and and I haven't really spent a lot of time trying this, but apparently that's good enough. That if you can just stick something, then you get this. Well, remember house what we said about move. about Battlemaster, right? Like this meta is kind of predicated on the idea that you're actually sticking minions because removal, you can't fit removal. It's kind of hard to find room for it. So because of that, you can play card like Battlemaster is really good, and you can play cards like Elec Mount. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and we're running call, we're hard running Call of the Grave. Um, we're running one Desperate Prayer, which I mean makes sense because we need healing in this in this meta. And it's just, it's mostly just, the cards that get you more cards, you got Pandaren Importer, Wandmaker, Elusia, Scorpid, um, you know, and you, you run the Light Shower Elementals because why not? You run Mutinous because there are enough things for Mutinous to hit and then just tops out at Soul Mirror. And, and you know, you if you want to play Control Priest, you can do it. I tried a couple of games. I ran into enough priests, that I didn't, uh, enough mages rather, that I didn't really want to keep doing that because um, I, unlike Tic Tac, cannot just concede all the mages and... Um, and still climb, but it, it's an option for you. And you also, if you if you really really want to, um, you can play Quest Priest. I believe after Tic Tac got a high rank with it, he said it would actually be better if you took the quest out. <laughs> so that tells you how much how often he got the quest off. But you can do that. I don't expect you're going to get in this meta. You're going to get the the quest to happen. Very often, and again, if you could, you probably already won that game. Um, it, it's pretty similar to the other list, except we're running more of a you know more of a curved deck. You're running tail in. You're running Nizoth the top end, and and more one more Forge Fiend because you have the Nizoth. Um, You know, you still have the Light Shower Elementals. You run Shadow Hunter Vol'jin because it's just another way to disrupt some of the the quests potentially. Um, and you know, you you try to do it, and good luck. I, I don't see it happening very often. It did want a, a quest quest priest did win a qualifier in in conquest. Maybe I could see it if you're targeting a pretty specific lineup, but I would not expect you're going to get there. And if you do, I don't think the quest is going to make that much of a difference a lot of the time. The way to make quest priest, you take the control priest list we featured, and then you put in a bunch of cards that are worse than the ones you're already playing, and and have fun. It's uh. 
I like the design of this because it's clearly not competitively optimal, clearly not meant to be, and people want to do it anyway, so they're going out of their way for it because they find it fun. I'm glad that's a thing that exists, and I'm glad it's not a pillar of the meta or even a part of the meta uh, because it isn't and should not be. Yeah, and I'm glad that people are enjoying it. It's something you can play if you want to play it. I would not expect to see. I mean, people have seen the quest go off. Like, it's not it, it, it's not that it never happens, but it doesn't happen enough, and I would bet most of those games, if you look back at them, you will see that you didn't really need the quest to win that game. It just it just saved you like five minutes. If you're going to print an Elysiana as a safety valve of something you include in your format in case of control mirrors, yep. this is the way to do it. And that's what they did, and it has no other use cases. Yep. Okay, so we'll move Rogue? on to Rogue. Can we talk about Rogue? Yeah, let's talk about Rogue. Yeah. So Rogue has got goes in a few different directions. Most of it has been in the form of Quest Rogue, which I was kind of surprised to see, and, and it's... It's definitely not one of the better decks, but it's one of the more fun ways to play play Rogue right now, um, where you put a Pretty bunch good, of the though. like it's solid. It's yeah. it's won a lot of qualifiers and it's doing decently well on ladder. I got Legend with this last week. Yeah, and you you put all the SI cards in your deck. Um, you you play them out. You eventually get scabs down. You play one of the gizmos will give him plus two attack and stealth. You basically stealth it. You say eventually. It's like we're talking like turn seven is yeah, pretty consistent. It's not, I mean, it's not. Doesn't take you that long, but it. You know, it does. It takes you a couple turns. It's one of the slower quests. I mean, turn seven is slow by by quest completion standards at this point. Um, yes. Yeah, so out of the playable quests. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, compared to the compared to the priest quest, it's pretty it's pretty speedy. But you know, um, but yeah, you're. I mean, you you putting all the SIs in. You got like six, two copies of six of each of the SI cards. Um, you got draw in the terms of swindle. You got a ten woo to, to bounce one of the minions, um, and then you you stick scabs. You put the plus two attack and stealth on him. You dare your opponent to, to clear it, and then you send the rest of your damage face. And um, I mean, you you you've got to legend with it. I don't know if you have more, um, you know, more insight in it than that. It seemed like it's pretty much it lives and dies by how quickly you find the SI cards for the most part. And it's actually effective. The surprising part is kind of how effective it is to play them on curve and just kind of jam SI cards and use your shadow steps proactively just to progress the quest. But it's totally good enough. SI7 Skulker is the big surprise of this list and this meta. It's a neutral that feels like a rogue card. The 2-minute two 2-2 two two stealth that the next card you draw costs one less. Really, really strong. SI7 Extortion, the uh, the 1-mana deal 3 backstab that also is tradable. Also very good. By the way, it does go face. If you were against a warlock or a mage or whatever you have in your opening hand, just fire it off. Just get it out there. Um, and just to progress the quest, because what you want to do is progress the quest. That's what you want to do. Now, the list that we have here, I believe, is the... Uh, is Fino's list that includes the Greyheart Sage package. It also has Patient Assassins. Trends recently have moved away from that uh, and included instead two copies of Battlegrounds Battlemaster. Yeah. Because why do nine when you could do 18? I mean, 18 is bigger scabs. than nine. I ran the numbers. That's the data that you're looking it for. It is from approximately this twice as much, about twice as much. So, uh,. A lot of lists are moving towards SI7 Infiltrator, the 4-mana 5-4 neutral card in core that destroys an enemy secret because it's not what it's doing. It is a 4-mana 5-4 text invoke Scabacrond because this is fixed Galacrond Rogue. That is what we're dealing with here. And the spy gizmos are somewhere between lackeys and dream cards. They are quite strong. 
getting your deck stacked by Spyomatic is a miserable experience, but playing it is really great. Um, the Fist Slash Distractor, the one mana sap and lock the card in your opponent's hand for a turn is unbelievable, especially against Paladin. Paladin really has trouble against you because sometimes you get freezing saps and also you get SI7 Assassin, which is a heavily discounted Vile Spine Slayer that gets online very, very quickly. And you, st- so and you bounce it four or five times also. If you want to, that can be a win condition by itself. But usually you only have to bounce twice, and then you play big scabs, and then they die. Um, so there are lots of different ways to build this. They they are heavy on the SS7 cards, but it doesn't feel like paint-by-numbers the way that you would think it would because there's some flexibility, there's some skill to it, there's some play to it, but also the outcomes are more deterministic than other rogue decks have been in the past, like World Kick, where it's just a question of, like, do I chain three prize plunderers or nitro boost poisons or whatever? It's not that. It is play the cards that you put in your deck on purpose. They are efficient. They're good at getting bored. They're good at trading. They're fun to play. The spy gizmos are cool. And then uh, you're proactive. You're not fast enough to beat things like Quest Mage all that frequently uh, or other OTK decks. Like, that's not really why you're playing this. Though so you can do fine against OTK Demon Hunter. You can be fast enough. Um, same with, like, the non-Zoo Warlocks. But you're playing this to be reasonably fast reasonably disruptive and also good against the other minion decks especially paladin very strong against yeah. paladin and even so even against quite, even against the zoo warlock you can sometimes get there if you if you can hit like the flesh giants or whatever um you can sometimes just kind of yeah, get there it's not the matchup i'd want to play but the the thing about rogue about modern rogue decks is one of the appeals that they don't feel super unfavored against anything that is absolutely true here yeah. as well yeah i mean it's it's uh it's a lot of the decks here have, like, some extremely bad matchups, and this never really does. Like, it doesn't really have, feel like it has any great matchups either, but you feel like you have a, a puncher's chance in any ma- in any given matchup. And that's if that's what you're looking for, then Rogue's kind of, that's that's the way you want to go. If you really just want to just, you know, bleed your opponent out, then there's, is it Garot or Gat? It's Garot, right? Is that how we pronounce that? I say Garot, and I don't know if that's correct, but that's what I say. Okay, well, one of those. But that's the, um, it do two damage to your opponent and shuffle three bleeds into your deck, where the bleeds also do two damage. So this is, all in on that, this is, who's, whose list do I have here? Um, this is Norwich, uh, not Norwich's list. This is Hunter Ace's list. He was the one of the first ones to build it. And it hasn't really changed all that much since then because there's not really that much to change other than, like, how many Cloaks of Shadows are you running for the most part. Um, but you do have um, sneaky, informa- sneaky inf- information, which is draw a... Sketchy. Sketchy information. Oh, sketchy information, sorry. Um, that draws a death rattle and um, invoke it, not invokes it is the wrong word, but it activates the death rattle. So the only death rattle that you run is Lone Shark, so it gives you two coins in your hand. Um, you can play that again if you want to. It'll give your opponent one when you play it, but you don't even necessarily have to because you're running Gadgets and Auctioneer again. So we're basically drawing through our deck, getting the Garrots down, Garrots, Garrots, whatever, um, and then... Damage. Getting the damage Getting down. the damage in, and then we're just piling on some spell damage with... We have Ethereal Aug Merchants and Blood Mage Thalnos to enhance the spell damage because the bleeds that are in the deck benefit from spell damage and then you just draw and you you shuffle bleeds in and you pull bleeds out and then hopefully your opponent melts and you do the hokey pokey yeah. and that's what it's all about um steve what do you think that this deckless win rate is last three days diamond to legend 35 percent. correct oh that's pretty good yeah well not for the deck well, yeah. for you. no i mean yes. for my card sharks win rate it's it's great 
Yes. <laughs> and I will tell you, one of the my happiest moments over in the Vicious Syndicate podcast is that I finally get to talk live with Zach on the air about a deck that is total bait with a shark in it. Because that's been kind of our brand over there on the Vicious Syndicate site for years now. Um, and this deck is total bait with a shark in it. it it's It will have flashy wins. The bleeds from Garot scale with spell damage. And that is intended. It is not a bug. Bombs and Hakar Bloods, they did that for like a weekend, and then they're like, that shouldn't happen. So they changed it so that your opponent's cards don't scale with your spell damage, but your cards do. So... You will see turns where they get four coins in their hand, and they do gadget quad coin. They play uh, they play ethereal og merchant twice, and then they keep drawing through their deck. And every time they hit a bleed, you take four, and then you die in one turn. Uh, but the overall, the strategy is not all that effective. It doesn't interact with the opponent very much at all, and that's to the detriment of this deck. Uh, it's if you want to do this because you like drawing a bunch of cards as rogue, and sometimes you get to get there. But two out of three times you don't get there. Right. And but you know it's it's something you can do if you if you really if you have, see a lot of slow decks and you really want to punish them, it's possible there aren't that many slow decks in the meta right now. Even the slow decks are fast. So yeah, you know it's it's really not the way you want to go. And I mean, we're also the next one on the list is is Weapon Rogue, which is kind of the same type of type of deal, like you're not going to you're usually not going to get that kind of time against very specific um very specific matchups like i think this was very popular and mage was very popular um and possibly against demon hunter though i think demon hunter heals too much for this to to really get there that often um but i mean you can correct me i'm not sure if that's the case or not and 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 Demon Hunter uh, certainly doesn't. I try to ignore the existence of Poison Rogue. I don't. Yeah. I don't, and and Demon Hunter like super it. doesn't care about Cloak of Shadows, um, as far as killing you. So, um, yeah. Um, the Lifesteal DH matchup is it does look like it's favored because they're probably a little bit faster, but the game count is so incredibly low. Yeah. Uh, the reason to play this deck is Mage. Like just just mage the the quest zoo warlock matchup is apparently also quite good but the mage matchup over 4300 games in diamond through legend since the beginning of uis is 79 percent uh like that is the reason to play it. it is just a mage counter against almost everything else that you would be better off playing a different deck yeah i mean this is like what like tempo mage versus quest rogue back back in the uh the old days right something along those lines yeah. i mean i i have I'm, like, I'm looking at the conquest stats and literally the only thing the only matchup that i have more than 50 games played against um weapon rogue is quest mage and i don't have data for anything else <laughs> so it's it's basically just like i want to target mage this is the way i do it right in conquest that's if you think that it's going to be all mage and you want to just hard target mage that's the way you do it that's that's the use case um other than that yep. don't don't do that um so we also have a oh so we also have donkey secret rogue i think donkey was more yeah. just trying to prove that you could do it um it was like day two deck yeah it's the donkey is working through a bunch of different really low curve damage based rogue decks he has a uh, slightly different one that i think cut the secret stuff but has the same basic idea of what would miracle rogue look like if we didn't bother with kazakas or jandis and instead just like played garotes and, and ethereal augmers instead of guardians uh, you can do this if you're donkey i have tried variants of his decks in the past week haven't really found a way to win with any of them yeah sorry right. i mean that's that's his, that's his jam and 
you know, he's proving that those are still, I mean, this is also kind of a Garrett deck because you're just drawing through it and, and you also have, but you also have field contact and you're not going all in on the spell damage. You're just going in on, you know, get it using the Garrett, the Garrett leads to kind of finish your opponent off, which is fine. Um, it's a, it's a strategy. It's, it's better if you're donkey, but, um, this is kind of his jam to, to build those decks. So I just want to make sure to, you know, if that's something, if you really like secret rogue, you can still do it and there's still a way to do it. Um, so, yep. so that is going to bring us to shaman and quest shaman is a deck that both of us have been enjoying quite a bit. Um, and there's a, a couple different ways to go about building it. This is, um, five KS Rick, um, Rick's list, which I don't know why Guyan was posting this. Cause normally they post the China list, but they were posting this cause it was rank one NA or maybe, maybe they just mistyped. Um, I'm not sure. I would guess this is rank one. CN. I would, I would guess it is too. Cause I don't know why, why Guyan would be posting rank one NA, but in any event, this is uh one version the, the, the curve is very low. And it kind of has to be because you're overloading yourself a lot. Um, so you kind of need to keep the keep the the uh, the curve low. It tops out a canal slogger this list. Um, but we have a lot of draw. We have a lot of generation. I mean, you have you know investment opportunity gets you more gets you more overload cards. You have um, this is less on the generation. Wirer has a different version of the list that is much bigger on the generation, running Pandaren Importer, and I believe he runs Scorpid. Um, uh, and Trap Sorceress. And Trap Sorceress, right. The, that's the one that discovers a yeah. card if you have a, if you have a quest. Uh, it discovers a spell, rather, if you have yes. a quest. Um, and, and cuts some of the, the lower-impact overload cards, like Feral Spirit and uh, Nava Zapper, I know are not in his list. Um, and... It's it's surprisingly effective. the The first tick of the of the quest is actually really impactful because it lets you go all in on overload and then just immediately unlock to the point where, like, overdraft was one of the cards that people were most scared of, and it's not even in this list. And this would be like, if you were going to put overdraft in a list that forces you to play eight overload cards, you would think it would be here, and it's it's not even good enough. Well. If you look closely at phase one of the quest, we have a proactive overdraft that we just fired yeah. on turn one. And the way that you described overdraft while talking about its use case and control really made me reframe about how I think about this deck because this is a control deck. This is what a modern control deck looks like in the beginning of Stormwind meta. It is very resource-focused. It is very removal-dense, limited on, on game-ending tools and on minions in general. And the minions it plays are mostly just to get it more stuff. But phase one of the quest, undo the initiative loss from playing overload removal cards. Phase two of the quest, stabilize the board with a with a constrained amount of mana with the three three taunt, which I looked so odd at first, but plays so naturally. Yeah, it when makes playing a lot of sense. That. Yeah. Phase three, flip the switch, just like Mind Blast Priest, time to kill them. Time to get them. So you end up killing them with, like, Serpent Shrine portals, but also you just go wide, and then you play some big, juiced-up charged calls, and you end up with a giant amount of stuff in play. And there are different variants to this. This, this deck, it's apparently performing well, again, according to the internal Blizz data, but also, but also there is definitely no consensus on build yet. Yeah. Earth Elementals are starting to pop up this week over the past couple of days. Um, 
like you said, they're cutting a lot of the lower impact overload cards. Some decks are going more for a heavy nature focus, going for like tidal surges and stuff like that. Um, Jomber is playing Spirit Alpha, which is the four mana two five that whenever you play an overload card, you get a two three taunt, and you end up feeling like a weird Mount Cellar Druid. There's a lot of interesting things going on here, and the games go a little longer. So if you're looking for that, then you should play this deck. The Mage matchup is bad. The yes. Warlock matchup also quite poor, and I don't think the OTK DH matchups where I want to be. But against all the minion decks and against all the other decks in the format, uh, I think this is a pretty solid choice, and yeah, it's and, fun and to play like, too. And like double charge call is after the quest is I did not expect like how big of a deal that is. Like especially like I've cleared off full boards by just discovering two Darkmoon Rabbits, and 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 the whole board goes away. And it's three mana, and I still have the rest of my rest of my turn. And you know, when you double that, and then and or you you play an instructor fireheart, and you just get gas for days. And it's it's a it's a difficult deck, and it's kind of a weird deck to play. You always have to be thinking about what your next turn is going to be and what you're going to have mana to do, and then how to get to Brukhan most efficiently while still having mana to play Brukhan in the turn you want to play him. Um, but it's really fun when you get going. And and against any sort of a, a a deck that wants to go wide with small minions, some of the not all the decks run perpetual flame, but they all have access to it one way or another. Because guidance, you're always taking the two cards off guidance, and as well as you you have a bunch of discover options, and it, perpetual flame just solos a bunch of decks that that rely on that as a form. Like I when I was playing Shadow Priest, I hated running into Shaman. Like it's just one card destroy the board, it's all gone, and then you're out of gas, and that's it. It is very powerful. It's a very powerful effect. Yeah, and and you know you can just burn your opponent out too. Like you can just like save up lightning bolts and um, serpent shrine portals and whatever, and just go face. And that's an option too. Yep. Had a uh, had a game, I think yesterday, where I played Brukan and then serpent shrine the same turn, and I got some stupid annoying taunty minion and also a Rokara, and then I won the game the next turn. <laughs> I think I burned someone down from like twenty something on the turn I played Brucon just because I got I got like a novice zapper and I think I had a lightning bloom after the quest. Because lightning bloom gives you I mean it overloads you for four, but it also gives you four mana crystals. And then I just like threw like Serpentride Portal, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt, and they and they died. And and that was not how they were expecting that game to go. Because it did not look like it was going that way the turn before. Yeah. So I think this is my favorite design out of the quest because it's such a different way to play Shaman and it makes control viable, but in a way that you get to be low to the ground where you have to be. It divides the game into very clear phases and how you take advantage of the rewards is not immediately obvious. Really love what they did here. It's a yeah. lot of fun. It's very elegant, the, the Shaman yeah. quest. I, I, really, I really enjoy it a lot and I hope that this is like more like this please right like i i don't know how easy i mean obviously very difficult to put something like this together but it's really well designed and it's in a way that is not obvious until you play it, and then it all just kind of comes together yes um oh if that is too cerebral for you elemental shaman you that's and, a little bit more elementary yes uh, i see what you did uh. there um you can still play elemental shaman with or without doom hammers both are good um this is norwitz's list um, that we're showing on screen right now. Canal, Canal Slogger is, and um, Granite, Granite Forgeborn, which is the four mana four five that discounts elementals. Is it in your hand and your deck? 
Correct. Hand and deck. It's not an aura, so like if you generate elementals, they're not discounted. But in your hand and in your deck, then yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's really the only additions to it. I mean, we are running far watch posts because mage is a thing. So we may as well run, run watch posts if we're not yeah. doing mage things. This um, list is. I, I would not be surprised if that was no longer optimal. Yeah. I would imagine that's the kind of thing that's going to come out. Like watch posts seems like a like a a, t- a targeted a targeted choice and then as the meta widens out that's going to yeah. not be quite Wait, as good. Does this list not play Lilypad Lurker? None of them that I've seen have been running Lilypad Lurker anymore. It's it's coming back in because of um because of Paladin. Because of Paladin. Uh, yeah, believe, that makes sense. Yeah, I believe that Uberer uh who has been really pushing Ellie Shaman uh, actually put it back in and then also is running. So the, the non-Doomhammer lists are going up to Alakir again because okay. Alakir is a lot easier to justify when it costs seven or six with right. Granite Forgeborn. Yeah. Much easier to run, and you can also run Fire Ellie. If you're running Doomhammer, you don't have room for that, but I think that you still want to be on Lurker just to avoid your Doomhammer getting stopped by a Divine Shield taunt. Yeah. Yeah, this list is cutting out and is, is topping out in an Aura Storm Crash and Doomhammer. Yep. So that's yeah. there's not really there's not really a lot of room. But I mean, though those lists are I mean, we know how to play those lists. They're not that different. The Knoslager is and the and the Forgeborn are both very good additions to the deck. They give them a lot more gas. Um and a little bit of healing from the Knoslager is relevant as well. Um and, and those are those that deck is performing very well. Um I mean we saw Agro Shaman was one of the top ones that um in that post that we were discussing a little while ago. So uh, so Ellie Shaman is number two, and Agro Ellie Shaman is number four. Right. So also, I don't know what you hit here, but two decks in the top four. Uh, maybe do. Fans. I mean, Doomhammer isn't going to hit everything, but I, I'm still surprised. Doomhammer, Doomhammer whiffs on the second deck. I know it does, but two. I'm still surprised that Doomhammer just made it through to core unchanged. So you know what to hit then. You know what to nerf. Cage match custodian to three. Yeah, I could see it. Um, you may maybe even like Wailing Vapor could go to two. That might be something that you could consider. Yeah, it's not a huge power outlier though. All of these decks have been enabled by Custodian since the second they printed it, and now that they finally have the tools, I think they can nudge that card a little bit because it's just so ubiquitous. You cannot play Shaman without it, except for Q Shaman is the first one they've done for a while where you can play Shaman without Cage Match Custodian. Um, and I think if you move that card to three, you encourage Shaman players to explore other options. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, even Arid Stormer is, if you're moving Cage Match Custodian to three, you don't curve into it as easily. It no longer fits in the Wackanole build, right? If you're playing, if you're playing Ellie Shaman without Doomhammer, you probably cut Cage Match Custodian, which makes things more interesting because that means you're playing it to get the Doomhammer, which means you were a Doomhammer deck, not an Ellie Shaman deck with Doomhammer. Right, right. So it kind of splits the focus of the two decks. That, that that would that would work. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I think I mean Cage Match Custodian has kind of been the the key in a lot of these decks, and even going back to Evolve Shaman. And speaking of which, Ugh. Ugh. it's back, back again. No, it's not back, listeners. <laughs> don't play it. Don't do it. You don't have to do this. You can walk away. It's still not great. And thankfully, it's still not. Oh, I, I skipped it entirely. I went right to Warlock, Good. as we probably Good. should. But yes. um, let's keep going, please. Evolve Shaman is tiny toys and it's boxed by yeah. Knuckles. Exactly what you think it is. It's not that great. Please don't make it better. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it does. It does the thing sometimes. And, you know, don't don't let's let's not go there. Like you can do it. 
choose life. That's yes. what I'm asking you. Anyway, let's move on to Warlock because that's much more interesting than uh, than talking about Evolve Shaman. So, um, so Quest Warlock has been one of the other decks that's really been um, pretty pretty well iterated on. And there are two different versions of the quest that are both equally viable. Um, basically, they, they break down into zoo or not zoo. And it's do you run Bloodborne Imp or do you run um, or do you run Rod? Those are basically where the sometimes you see some that are that are doing both. There's there's still a little bit of blending there, but they've kind of broken out into two very different um, different paths. So this is Aveline's list. This is what I took to Legend a couple days ago. Um, so this is the zoo list that we're going to talk about first. And you're running uh, Bloodborne Imp. You've got Flame Imp. Um, you're running Dark Lair in this list. The other one does not run Dark Lair, interestingly enough. And the, and the the curve is much lower, as you would expect. I mean, it, it technically it tops out at Flesh Dine and Hand of Gul'dan, but you're never paying the cost for those unless you happen to draw Hand of Gul'dan off of a Stealer. And then you'll pay the six because it's going to do either take your quest up six or do six to your opponent's face while drawing you three more cards that Stealer is going to... Uh, to make cost health instead of mana. And, and you're basically looking to either get there with flesh giants and just hit them in the face. And that's why you're running the, the two animated broomsticks here, because the, the trade opportunities, especially with, um, with Minari Mosher on the, on the demons can get you a lot of the health back because you're not running things like Drake drain soul. Um, you are running touch of the natural but you're not running like drain soul or any of the soul fragment stuff in this list. Um, Gabby's first list was running just, the it was running all the spells it was running soul fragments and it made going off at the end of the game kind of difficult with all the animations especially because the soul fragments take forever um and yeah. this, and this kind of gets noted, away from that there are like three quest warlock lists one of them is a high legend darling that does not translate at all to most levels of play yeah that is pure combo with you play free admission with like six minutes in the deck and your goal is to reduce Dark Glare and Stealer, and then you just play everything and clear your quest entirely in one turn or kill the opponent in one turn. If you are Gabby or Dead Draw, then you you can do fine with it. It is performing extremely poorly at most levels of ladders, one of the worst decks in the game. Uh, but the games where it wins against you, it feels like it is breaking every rule there is to, yeah. to find in Hearthstone. It is a very tilting experience, and the animations take forever. So we're not featuring a dedicated OTK list. They are out there. The two that we have here are more competitive and I think more interesting. Yeah. But if you lose to that combo list and you say, what the hell was that? People are trying it. Yeah. But it, it's, it doesn't happen all that often. And even when it, even when it happens, you have to get everything done in the turn and, and you're fighting the animations as well as just your own APM. So it, it's a lot harder to pull off. This is not nearly as hard because sometimes you just, sometimes you don't even need the quest. Sometimes you just get them with flesh giants. Right. And yes. And that's that's good enough. And and sometimes it's just a matter of, OK, well, I'm going to get Stealer of Souls and then I'll get a backfire and then I'll finish the quest off. And and it's sometimes a race at the end, but you can get you can do a lot of work at the end, especially with the Dark Lair or two. Um, those can extend it quite a bit once you, you do have to be paying attention to to Dark Lair math, which on the fly, which can be kind of difficult. Um, there is another list for Oron that runs free admission, this list, but it's not... I didn't like it as much. I know some other folks, when I posted that on Twitter, said that they were not struggling with it. I found that the free admission list was a little bit more awkward because you are running neutrals in the deck still. You're still running um, still running tour guides, and you run one copy of Broomstick in that list, but you're you're not running two because you, don't, you really don't want to make... 
you want free admission to get you the discount, but it just whiffs a lot. And if you run the two broomsticks, then it whiffs even more. So this just gets rid of the free admission and just relies on the backfire and the stealer of souls and the matron and Handigaldan to do the drawing for you. And generally, it's enough. I never really felt like I was having trouble moving through the deck with this list. And it's worth noting that the matron stealer hand package is not a universal inclusion. It's definitely picked up steam over the past few days. I'm not sold on stealer. Um, I think that there's a lot of the lists that play uh, Algier's original list. He's the one that I think first popularized the idea of a, of a questline zoo, though obviously people were getting there. Um, plays like Hecklefang hyenas and spirit yeah. jailers and stuff like that. And there's no consensus yet on exactly how to build the deck. I do think that tour guide over free admission is kind of a slam dunk at this point. Like I think you kind of have to do that um, because free admission is usually an AI and we don't play that card. But uh, going into the Steeler package, uh, Steeler on four can be very tricky because sometimes your opponent can just leave it up and then attack your mana, which is your face, and leave you hand-locked if you're not careful. So a lot of times it feels like Steeler comes down at the end of the game when you've already activated your quest and you've won. But sometimes it also wins you games that you could not have won otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I was coaching Andrew on it a little bit after I hit Legend, and I called it Stealer of Games because that is what it feels like a lot of time. Like when it goes off, it goes off hard, and if you can hit a you know like a like a back a back um, backfire is really like the dream, right? Like you play Stealer into backfire on seven, you do the three damage, whether or not you finish the quest, right? But either you're finishing the quest or you or it's right after. And then you you get all those cards that are all discounted. Like that's the dream, but it just doesn't happen all that much. But you don't you don't always need it. Like usually you only need like a little bit of extra damage at the end because the flesh giants and the matrons and and even like the chip damage from the bloodborne imps is not nothing. Like you could just get a, a big chunk of damage with like a bloodborne imp or a flame imp and a minari masher early, and and that kind of helps you along. So you really only need usually like five to ten damage from the quest by the time you're you're done with the game. Or done with the quest, rather, to finish off the game. Yep. And this is not the only way to build Questline Warlock. This other build that's popped up lately over the past couple days, really popularized by No Hands Gamer, who brought it to GM this week. And this is a Battlegrounds Battlemaster deck in a way. It, It plays at least one copy. Um, and this is your Rune Mithra Rod and Soul Rend where you're discounting your hand and you're definitely playing a more slower, like you're a slugger, right? Like definitely more of a, not going to call it controlling, but it's like a mid range control deck. It feels a lot like a control deck a lot of the time. Um, It's if dark glare, not even dark glare. It's like, it's kind of like a supercharged hand lock in a way, by the way. Um, and your flesh giants aren't going to carry the game for you, but they're going to do enough. Your raised eds are usually completely crazy in this deck. Uh, especially with Tamsin, like you just have a handful of gross things. And when you get the delete lock cards online, because it plays Bloodshard Bristlebacks and Baron Scavengers, when you get those online, those are very good cards. And fatigue is not something that you're worried about. Yeah, and you get there very quickly. Like, there are just games where you're just dropping, like, two six sixes and two eight eights, and and it's fine. And And I discovered something today that I did not know. Um, with the number of cult neophytes that are in the meta right now, if you play Tamsin on the turn where they have neophyted oh, you, yeah. 
all of your all of your spells that are coming out of Tamsin cost one, and you just get to go infinite. I mean, uh, you know, cap by your mana, obviously, but that was something that I had never seen that interaction before, and that was I don't I assume my opponent and not either when I drain sold them like four times that turn, um, and it was it was pleasant for me, but probably less so for them. Um, you do generally want to look for Rod really hard. Um, because that's really what makes the deck go. And sometimes when that's at the bottom of the deck, it can be a little bit hard to get everything done that you need to do in time. But also the thing that's really interesting to me um, is how few cards this and the Zoo List have in common. Right? Yeah. Like cause, The cause, Warlock quest yeah. has been such a huge design win. The tuning, I think, is a, a, a question that people are justifiably asking especially wild players sorry wild players i hope you get some help soon um but the design it enabled so many decks they all feel interesting they're distinct and it's so warlocky it's so flavorful but it's a different way to play the class than we've had before or at least a different a different mechanism than we've worked with before yeah and and i mean like the only real common thing between the two of them is really like it's unstable shadow blast it's backfire and it's flesh giant I mean, there might be yep. like one or like Touch of the Nathrism is there. I don't think that's that's not that's not what that's not the villain of the piece. Oh, certainly. Raise Dead. Raise oh, Raise Dead. Yeah, Raise Dead. Which, again, I was surprised that that didn't get touched when they when they nerfed Priest and everyone laughed at me. I, yeah, <laughs> I think that card should maybe cost one now or or give you one minion back. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's playable at one minion back, but I don't know if it's playable at one man either. Yeah. But I mean, if you're fixing wild, then that that card is like public enemy number one, I think. Uh, fixing. Let's let's not go nuts. Uh, <laughs> okay. Mitigating. Adjusting. Mitigating. Adjusting. <laughs> yeah. But soothing. Um, yeah. But um. But yeah, I mean, there's not that many cards that are in common. I mean, you're because you're, you're not running like you look at like a, a lot of the cards that you think are the big, you know, the big ones that you'd hit. Like Dark Lair is not in both decks. Rod is not in both decks. Steeler is not in both decks. Um. You know, Tamsin's not in both decks. Uh, it's it's really interesting how divergent they are, um, and they play very differently, um, but they're both equally viable. Um, actually, when I was looking at the the conquest stats, they were like neck and neck um, when I finally did split them out, and it, it's pretty interesting. So you can play either one. It's just a kind of a a style preference. It maybe it maybe one will kind of climb ahead once they get refined a little bit more, but they're both perfectly viable and they're very very good. We can also just play handlock. That is, an, uh, I, I, it, well, you can, you can play it. it. You may not win with yeah. it, but you it's can play it. It's a legal thirty cards. Yes, um, you can take advantage of Dark Alley Pact of a Netheron of Goldshire Null. Um, you got Void Drinkers in here because they're just big, big bots. You got Minari Monsters because you got enough demons. Um, you know, and you have things like uh, Royal Librarian. Uh, it, you know, will kind of let you trade and sometimes silence something if you need to get stuff through. I mean, it's. You you basically you heal a bunch, you make big butts, you get a big hand, and then you try to smash your opponent in the face. If your opponent can't deal with early minions quickly, then you win. If they can, then you don't. And mage generally can at least freeze out the minions, even if it's not removing them all in one turn. Um, but it's something that you can do, and you can probably outpace most of the board based decks that aren't paladin. I would say, or shaman, or shaman, yeah. Shaman can generally get there too, but it's, you know, it's fine. It, it, again, this is something that feels like it's like a card or two away in the mini set or maybe a buff away from being, from being a, a meta deck, which is fine. You're 
you're more optimistic than I am. I think this is a four-set meta away from being playable. Yeah. Seems like a four-set meta deck, because Quest Rogue also, you do not want to play against cheap file spines. Um, you, you, yeah. I, I don't I mean, know. the question is, why, are you, why would you play this instead of Quest Warlock? And I don't have an answer for that. I mean, you would play it because you want to play Handlock. Well, yes. And you can do that. Yes. But If you're mad at arms, then you would play it, because that's, that's what you would do. Yeah. But for the rest of us, I, you know, you would have to have a reason to play this over Quest Warlock, and I, I don't have an answer for that. Because you also yeah. get to turbo out the flesh giants and like barons, barons, um, the baron scavengers and whatever in in quest lock. So, you know, why would you play yeah. this? Do you want to guess what the win rate of this archetype is? Diamond through legend last three days. Forty uh, percent. The win rate is no deck found. Oh, wah, 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 wah. I don't know if that's better or worse. It could be a hidden gem. You don't know. It could have like a uh, very well rate. hidden, extremely yes. well hidden. It could, but if it's that well hidden, it's probably a rogue. Yep. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also just play straight zoo if you want to. I, again, I don't know why you would play that over quest zoo, but you do. You do can just like make you know play all the zoo cards. You you can take advantage of shady bartender to get the demon buffs. Um, shady still- bartender is a hell of a card. Yeah, super good. <laughs> Um, if you could stick a board, which, you know, is kind of a problem against Mage and Shaman, but, you know, if you can stick a board, then, yeah, it, it'll it'll get you there. You can run – you're running Demonic Assault. This is the place where it fits, apparently. Um, you still have Matron in hand of Gul'dan. Um, Fiendish Circle, even, because you're getting the, the Shady Bartender buffs. Um, and you get, you know, things like Midway Maniac, which is the – that's the one, two-mana one-five taunt. Is that what that is? Um, yes, it's a demon. Yeah, it, they're all demon. demons. They're all demons. Yeah. You just play a bunch of demons, you buff your demons, you hit your opponent in the face, and you hope that they don't have removal. And uh, you could play this. I don't know what the use case is over quest zoo, but it's it's an option. If you have a play X demons quest. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. If you really like Midway Maniac, you play this deck. I don't know anyone that even has feelings about Midway Maniac. I'm sure that that, that their person is out there. But uh, I, it's not that's not a it's not a card that people have strong opinions on in my yeah. personal experience. I, and, and speaking of not having strong opinions, let's move on to Warrior. Let's talk about <laughs> somehow the least played class in this meta. What year is it? And also, by the way, Blizzard just told us that Rush Warrior is still good. I will say I've shared this in every podcast I've been on the past week. I have to tell everybody. You can put Battlegrounds Battlemaster into Rush Warrior. I know we're not talking about Rush Warrior. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah. Put Battlegrounds Battlemaster into Rush Warrior. You can stick it, especially if you condition it. And then you can play Rokara the next turn and win the game. Just say it. Just think about it. Think about that. Okay. We'll think about it. But nobody's doing it. I mean, I guess somebody's doing it because it's showing up on the data. But Yeah, you can we'll, do that. We'll talk about Rush Warrior in a minute. We'll start with Quest Warrior because that's where we want to, you know, where we're going to start all of these. And this is... Um, so this is more of a controly list, I guess. I mean, it's not really a control list, but we're running heavy plate. So, I mean, it's, a, and we're running bulwark of Azanoth. So at least to some extent, I mean, this is what control looks like in the, in the Stormwind meta, I suppose. If, uh, if quest shaman is a, is a control deck, this is too. Um, and you know, we're running a bunch of the, a bunch of the pirates we're running cargo guard. We're running, I'll, I'll harbor scamp. I'll be, I'll admit, I have never seen this deck played after maybe day one, and I don't remember what most of the what's the new warrior pirates do. 
Um, you know, but you've the got, pirates in standard are weirdly defensive. Yeah, almost all of them. The the like harbor scamp is a cage match custodian for pirates. Obviously, a good card. Um, but cargo guard it gains three armor at the end of every turn, and then sword eater is sword eater. And, like, they're almost all, like, rush and taunt storm when Freebooter is a 3-3 that gives your hero plus 2 attack the turn you play it. But otherwise, they're mostly defensive. Really, the kit that's being built around Pirate Warrior and Quest Warrior is not an aggressive deck, despite what we thought. Because Juggernaut will will supply you with pressure and weapons and minions and whatever. Um, But it takes time to get there, and the pirates are all about taking their time and slowing the game down, not speeding it up. But even the weapons, right? Like, the weapons aren't all that aggressive right now. Like, you've got, nope. like, the, the ring... I mean, there's only seven weapons. Two of them, are, I'm thinking right off the bat, are, like, Ringmaster's Baton and uh, and Bulwark of Azanoth, right? And, like, I mean, there's there's Gorhal. That's seven damage face, at least. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going right now. I mean, you have Spiked Wheel, so you have to have armor weapons. for that. Right? Uh, Spiked Wheel barely qualifies as a weapon. <laughs> got whetstone hatchet if you can name what that card does without looking at it i will yeah. buy you two packs right um you ringmaster's baton ceremonial mall which i mean maybe you get the spell burst off it, but you probably don't um bulwark of azadoth and then you've got like you know fiery war axe outrider's axe reaper scythe and score how which are basically three to four damage right which is fine but even like reaper scythe is kind of a defensive weapon and because it's meant to go into minions, not necessarily. I mean, it, go, it can go face, but it's not it doesn't always go face and it's not really meant to. So it's like even like the quest reward is kind of defensive and like the two damage will go into minions a lot of the time. And you get a pirate, which is a defensive card. So it really is a defensive quest, which is not really where you want to be with a quest. Like you want to be your quest needs kind of needs to end the game at this point. And I don't know that the warrior quest really does a great job of that. I think we kind of objectively know that it doesn't. Yeah. Because the numbers are telling us that it doesn't because the win rate is low and the play rate is low. Right. But in in a conquest environment, I mean obviously Adelaide was very successful with it. If you're doing a control lineup because you're trying to out armor and and out heal a lot of the decks that are going fast, then this is this is fine, right? And that's why you see this winning winning that qualifier. And I mean obviously Edelweiss is an extremely talented player. And she's going to win with decks that most people are not going to win with in general. But, I mean, I asked her about it because, I, you know, I gave her a little bit of a hard time. Because, like, I'm here playing aggro face priest. And it was and she's usually giving me trouble about, you know, like, oh, I don't like to play priest. And meanwhile, she's playing control priest and control warrior and, you know, and, and a full control lineup. She's like, well, I play what's good. And this is what's good right now, which is, is a fair, you know, a completely fair way to to take to to approach it. Um, but it on ladder, it's it's not getting there. But in in you know when you have a specific ban, you're targeting specific things. It can do some work. Yeah, ban paladin. By the way, yes. You don't you don't want to see paladin. Yeah, bad uh, for you. No, not I mean in general. Well, unless you're in swoop, I guess. But I mean, but yeah, this is um this is actually Adelweiss's list with like shield slam, stage dive, minefield, blade storm. Yeah, this is a full control deck. You know, Barov, Heavy Plate, two Rotness Vipers, I guess targeting like the Warlock, the Warlock weapon predominantly, I would imagine, and like Doom Hammers and stuff like that. Um, yep, it's those two. Yeah. It's Rod and Hammer. Yeah. And then, you know, you have Sword Eater and Stonewall and Command and, and, um, and Mutinous at the top end and, 
um yeah that that's more uh, that that makes a lot more sense as far as a control deck is concerned but this is not an, like the juggernaut is not an aggro card and this is not an aggro deck and and that's fine right like not all the quests need to be aggressive but unfortunately on ladder the quest kind of needs to end the game and this doesn't um but again in tournaments that where where you want a control warrior that is fair um this is um uh, an early an early like day two or three list from jay bright um which is a big warrior because we have the um in addition to commencement we also have uh, what's the name of the the card that the the one who dies and i don't even know if it's in here actually uh Um, the six drop but i don't think it's in here because you don't want to commence it out yeah yeah um Um, but yeah i believe she played this on day one like very early in day one and i it it's fun but this is not a meta thing yeah it's something you can do if you got lothar which is in this list it's something you can do you know sometimes you just get a get a legendary you want to play a deck with it like this is a deck that you can play with it um yeah and for a lothar you kind of have to go out of your way for that one (laughs) yeah but um so that that's that's an option as well i mean you know she did very well with it day one and you know for for it may with a couple of with a couple of nerfs Maybe this is something that's, you know, occasionally viable. Um, and the other one is the Chabo Dennis's Rush Warrior, um, which is pretty similar. Um, we are running a Rust Rot Viper in the list, and that might be the only... Oh, the Harbor Scamps are the other new cards that have gotten worked in, in addition to the Sword Eaters, for a little bit more Watley value. But other than that, it's pretty much the, the Rush Warrior that you know and love. Um, minus the the watch posts and plus a couple of these new cards. Yep, uh, this deck has changed very little. I think that finding room for Battlemaster would be the right thing to do, uh, but you don't have to. And this list didn't. You can play the Harbor Scamps. You can play Narlex. You can play ETC. You can do whatever you want. It's Rush Warrior, but Rush Warrior is good. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine, right? I mean we saw it on the list earlier in the show. Um, it is it's a high win rate deck and. You know, we'll we take those and, you know, I mean, I'm sure that as the meta settles, there might be a little bit people. Usually these are the kinds of decks that people don't come back to right away until the meta kind of settles. And then they go back to decks that were good and and start refining them. So this might get a little bit more attention either, you know, as the meta settles or maybe after the first set of nerfs, then this is something that people will come back to. I would imagine usually a deck that's this good that doesn't need that much help won't go away all that quickly. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And if you're playing on a budget and this is what you own, fire it up. Yep. Yep. You know, you can if you wanna get if you wanna get some use out of the extra pirates, you know, go for it. It's uh it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not flashy, right? Like it's not running a quest, it's not doing the new stuff as much. Unless, you know, killing trading in your weapon destruction is something that you're interested in. Um And that's it. That's a lot of decks. And we went longer than that's we normally it. do. Yes. Um I mean but that's we good. say that every time. I don't think we went longer than we normally do. I think it's maybe a slightly more dense. Um, there's just a lot to cover. And this has been a very successful week one in terms of variety standards. And I think people's feelings evolved pretty significantly over time, depending on who you ask. Some people are having a good time. Some people are not. Um, the meta is on the faster side, and I wouldn't be surprised they nudge that a little bit. Ixara said they are bigger on uh, winning from hand than they'd like to be. Yeah, which but is fair. There's there are so many options right now, and... By the time you hear this show, there will probably be new decks that we didn't even cover. Yeah. And 
You know, that's good. That's what we want, right? Like this is this is the kind of meta that we we keep asking for, where you can try a new thing and there are new things every day and and even like if you're if you're trying stuff that you at least have a puncher's chance, right? And a lot of times that's not really the that's not the promise. Like usually there's one or two decks that are just beating everything and consistently beating everything. And we've seen the win rates of like Demon Hunter and Mage on ladder come down. So I think that's good, right? Like that's what we want to see. And and I that's why I'm kind of glad that they're letting the meta go without, you know, stepping in. And and you know, it's because it would it would be kind of like, well, we need to do a balance change now because that's when the patch is done, is, is due, right? And like we're gonna do a balance change whether we need it or not. And and it's good on the developers for recognizing that this is a meta that they can let play out. And and you know, if it's a mistake, then they'll fix it. But I don't think it is. And and we'd rather it kind of evolve naturally than get a new meta because they had to change something. And, you know, that's good. I, I think we haven't really seen that the last couple of sets, and maybe we won't ever see this outside of a five-set meta. And maybe that's an argument for one in, one out, but I'm not going – we've already gone too long, and I don't want to get to another argument now. Um, you know, I'll get off my soapbox there, but I think that this is good. And um, I'm excited to play the game – in a way that, you know, I mean, not that I'm, I'm not always enjoying it, but, like, I've been excited to try new things in a way that I haven't really been in a while, and that's really awesome. So. Yeah. Congratulations on your 5K. Thank you. With your one-drop priest deck. Yeah, with, with my get him in the face. I was not expecting to do it by shadow by shadow forming people in the face, but, you know, we we get there. We, we take what, what Anduin gives us, so... Um, so anyway, I know this, this episode is long enough, but do you want to tell everyone all the different places that they can find you? Because I know that that is a, it is a long and lengthening list of all the places where you can be found on the internet. The, the, the best bet as to where to find me is twitter.com slash ridiculous hat, where all my stuff is. But if you like podcasts, which you do because you're listening to one right now and you like me, which I hope you do because you've just listened to me for two hours, you poor bastard. Uh, com for CoinConceed, a Hearthstone podcast where we uh, we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you. The Angry Chicken over at amove.tv uh, where it's kind of a, a broader look at the at the greater Hearthstone universe. Uh, if you listen to Hearthstone podcasts, you probably know the Angry Chicken. Um, lucky enough to join there recently. And then Vicious Syndicate where if you like a data-driven look at the standard metagame, which if you're listening to this show, you probably like data, over at ViciousSyndicate.com where we uh, go through the meta from a numbers perspective on a weekly basis yeah and as always you can find you can find everything you'll find links and codes for all of the decks that we talked about today at offcurve.com you can also find the master's tour data at offcurve.com slash master's tour and if you want to dig through the spreadsheet that's at offcurve.com slash new dash meta dash deck lists so you can take a look at that as well if you want to see all the decks that we talked about and some of the ones that we didn't um, you can find ep- announcements for um, new episodes at Off Curve on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at WickedGood. Um, if you are watching the stream and you have not followed, please do. If you are listening to the podcast, you would like to follow the stream. That is at twitch.tv slash WickedGoodFM. Um, on Mondays and Thursdays at 7.30 Eastern. That's a time change. Um, I, think I'm, I think the Thursday one's going to go to 7.30 as well. I'm definitely starting the Monday one at 7.30. Um, instead of eight, um, and going a little bit longer than I have been. So you, you have a, most of the evening to catch me. Um, so make sure to, uh, to follow so you don't miss the announcements when I go live there. 
um, discord.offcurve.com. There's a, lo- a lovely and wonderful group of people who are hanging out in there having respectful conversations about Hearthstone and all, or so, all sorts of other things, including whatever Metroidvania happens to get announced, usually, um, which is at discord.offcurve.com. And that's it. So thanks for listening. Um, really, pr- I know you have a lot of time that you can... You don't have a lot of time that you can spend listening to podcasts, and I appreciate you spending it here with me and with Hat when he when he is uh, kind enough to join us. And uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. Bye.